Hi, welcome to Talk About the Passion. My name is Christian Campagna, and this is episode number 39, Chemistry. I named this episode Chemistry after the song by Rush from their record Signals. This particular record is a big record to the three people talking here, uh, myself, Brian Smith, and Guy Weatherby. That mixed with the immediate chemistry between the three of us, it seemed like a, a no-brainer for the title. So, yeah, my episode today is with uh, two people, Brian Smith and Guy Weatherby. Collectively, they have a group called Four-Way Anal Touch Fight, which they explain in detail towards the end of the episode. I never knew the uh, story of this project, and it's it's a pretty cool story, so uh, y you'll hear that. Uh, I met Brian a number of years ago through our mutual friend Jonah Jenkins, uh, who has also uh, been on this podcast. Uh, at a party Jonah had, uh, Brian and I became uh, good friends online after this party, and you know we've always had a a mutual respect for our, you know, musical taste and, you know, what music means to us. And, uh, you know, Brian had told me uh, Jonah had wanted to introduce us as he thought we would uh, hit it off. So he got us in the same room, which uh, I'm glad he did. When I initially uh, started this podcast and started messaging people to do it, I, uh, I had asked Brian, uh, you know, if he was interested. And uh, he was a little hesitant, claiming nobody would know who he is or, or something to that effect. You know, my aim with this podcast, though, you know, since day one has always been to document whoever wants to talk to me. Uh, I've stressed it before on here, and this is obviously a, you know, a rhetorical situation, but if someone came to me and said, you know, you can interview someone from, say, Minor Threat, I would probably pick uh, Steve Hansgen. You know, you, you don't hear much about him. You know, Ian and Jeff and Brian have told their story countless times, and it's it's great, of course, but... You know, I want to hear stories you never hear. And, you know, just to be that guy, uh, I, I already interviewed Lyle Pressler when I was like 16. So, yeah, uh, those stories and people who, you know, really get it and like to talk about whatever their passion is, obviously they're, you know, going to make the, ba the best guests here. What I'm trying to say here is, you know, Brian and I discussed getting him on again a, a couple months ago, and he suggested bringing Guy along. And we got together on a Saturday afternoon about 2, 2, 2.30, and I left 12 hours later with uh, a little over two hours of a podcast and plans to have uh, the both of them do uh, some, you know, subject-specific episodes in the future. Uh, I'm still going to do my, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, but, you know, in between those, why not go deep with something, you know, with, with different subjects, maybe bands or uh, genres of music or whatever. Uh, I think we have some cool ideas, and, you know, although this episode is essentially, you know, an episode that follows the same uh, skeleton as most of the other ones I've done, uh, we do take a few detours and go into some pretty nerdy territory, but, uh, you know, I had a great time talking with these guys, and I'm pretty excited to hang with them again and do this, and, uh, you know, I'm excited for you to hear this, because I thought uh, we had a good time. Uh, this intro is already pretty long, so let's get a couple more things out of the way. Uh, I'm on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I update both of those pretty frequently, and uh, that's a good place to contact me if you or someone you know wants to be on here. Or you can just say hello. Uh, those channels are the best places to keep updated on what's happening with the podcast. Just search for Talk About the Passion Podcast, and you should be able to find it. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and all those uh, other wonderful places you play your podcasts. 
Uh, and if you have, you know, a free second and wanted to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you know, that would rule. I love to hear how uh, I'm doing and what can be done to improve this. Anyway, let's get this started. This is episode 39, Chemistry, and thank you for listening. Brian Smith and Guy Weatherby. If you guys want to introduce yourselves to uh, hi. everyone. Yeah, how's What's it up? going? Yeah. So this is you want to. Oh, hi. Here. Yeah, um, I'm Brian. Yeah, that's Brian. <laughs> so by default, you can guess which one I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we're here. We've been actually talking for about four hours already. <laughs> so we probably could have recorded a couple uh, more episodes. Uh, but so we're here up in uh, the Merrimack Valley area. And you guys both grew up in this area? Yeah, um, we both got, we're little in Westford, which is one town west of here, right? No, east. Yeah. Just another tiny little town, just like this one, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a small suburb of Lowell, Massachusetts. It's yeah, like semi-rural yeah. suburb, like yeah. your neighbor is likely to have like cows or something, right, right. like that kind of area. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, I moved away, my my father got remarried after my mom passed away, and I moved to here to Tingsboro. Mm-hmm. And I've been here ever since. I lived here with my parents, then bought a house here. Yeah. And yeah, um, <clears throat> this guy. I was I was with Brian probably from about the age of three or four. Mm-hmm. So he's basically I have a brother and sister, but he's my other brother. Yeah. And certainly the two of us grew up musically very much in line. Yeah. More so than my brother or sister. So, so that really stuck. And I was in Westford, which is where we both grew up, uh, much longer than Brian. I was there till just uh, well till two thousand. So, mm. wow, yeah, um, that's crazy. Yeah, so 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 we grew up in small towns, um, and we stayed in, in in pretty good touch all this entire time. So yeah, yeah. Even now that I've moved up to New Hampshire, that's where I live now. We're still getting together. You know, every. You lived uh, right up the street, in fact, in the same town where. Uh, What's his, um, Brad Delp. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, Brad Delp. himself and everything. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Brad, Brad Delp was not a neighbor, but he lived close by. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. Like, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, man, guy lives in the neighborhood that Brad Delp lives in. That's crazy. Like, yeah, you know, Delp, if he, you know? he'd been in a better headspace, I probably would have ended up hanging out. And yeah, yeah. yeah and he used to play in, like, a Beatles cover band. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Beatles. That's Right exactly. around there, Beatles too. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, somewhere that's, that's in it. Atkinson. Yep. At a yeah. church or something, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Like yeah. so, in that small little town, that's a, that's a town even smaller than the town that Brian and I grew up in. So, in that town, you're bound to you're bound to meet each other at the diner. Yeah, yeah. of course. And, yeah, and just strike out. Nice. Yeah. It was yeah, awesome. Where I, where I grew up, uh, the bass player lived there. Frank oh. where, awesome. where did you grow up? Uh, Swampscott. Swampscott. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so cool. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, what did you guys do when you were younger? To to like, how did you find music up here? Not that we're like way out. Right. Well, no, but back then, too, it's funny. It's not that long ago, but 40 years ago, we were way up here. This was crazy. Like, you had to travel by car to go to even, like, to a Strawberries. You know, it wasn't like we had a mall next door or anything at the time. But um, Well, that's that's right, Brian. There was a Strawberries. That was probably ground zero. Yeah. That that and Leechmere. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Before before Leechmere, it was Caldor. So up in Chelmsford, yeah. uh, there was a Caldor Strawberries. Yeah. So you'd play those two against each other. You'd yeah. go into Caldor and you'd be like, 
oh look uh yes uh the classic yes is 9.99 here you go across the store oh it's 7.99 right now you go back out to the car and you go dad can i borrow eight bucks dad i need eight bucks you know you'd be like why don't you mow the lawn and then you'd go go from there my earliest uh thing with getting on music was from am radio from my father had a radio 24 hours a day going just running in the kitchen on a local station out of Lowell called WLLH, which is still there, but now it's a 100% uh, Latin oh, okay. station. Mm-hmm. And um, I had it on, It was I was down at Ron's yesterday, and I had yeah. it on, yeah. And uh, just to see if it was still there, you know, right. Right. and yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and that was when I first started to become interested in it as something where I would I would sit in front of the radio on purpose to yeah. listen to it, like that's you would right. watch a TV show. Yeah. So that's kind of where I got yeah. my music yeah. thing from, I guess, yeah. where and I started to get it as a kid. And my mom was a musician, mm-hmm. so we had a grand piano, a mm-hmm. uh, baby grand piano, in the house yeah. from the time I was born. Oh, wow. She had guitars, dulcimers, auto harps, banjos. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so she was a musician, so she would just sing and play. My dad yeah. loved to listen to her play and sing. Yeah. And, of course, as soon as I could... You know pick up a guitar i mean that's how i got interested in playing but yeah. before that of course she had a, a stereo yeah and my parents were actually they were columbia record club members yeah, yeah, yeah. so every week or every month they Stuff got mail yeah. right Amazing. and i still have some of my dad's old tapes and some of my mom's old records so mm. he had uh my dad had some strange tastes yeah, yeah. You know, as a music you know he, yeah but he turned us on to some really good stuff man. johnny cash yeah, yeah. right uh, but then Boots Randolph, right? Oh, yeah. Like instrumental music. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was a, a, was kind of, uh, she was into folk music a lot. So she had like Judy Collins, Buffy St. Marie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some strange stuff like that. Right. A- and then every now and then in their in their record catalog, there'd be the Kingston Trio, so right. something really old. Yeah. So all that stuff sort of played in mm-hmm. early. And then like Brian, as soon as I got, you know, a one speaker boom box. Yeah. For you know Christmas or my birthday, yeah. it was all about the radio. This yeah. is pre-MTV, yeah. so it's early '80s, late '70s, early '80s, and then much like Brian, we'd spend all day yeah. separately yeah. listening to radio, taping favorite well, songs, and then getting together and say, "Dude, listen to this, yeah. listen to yeah, this." Yeah, yeah. And before that, it was crazy because he got a radio of his own, so to speak. Like this sounds mm-hmm. crazy in the day, mm-hmm. smartphones, right? Yeah. right? So it he really got this does. like pocket, this uh, boombox, which was um, awesome because you could play and record tapes on it. Yeah. And way before me, so he was on to like um, WCOZ, BCN and all that. I didn't even know about that. I was still only listening to AM radio. So he would be like, oh, dude, you got to hear about this band called, you know, Van Halen. Right. And I'd be like, Van Halen, and he'd play me some tape of it. And I would literally be like, (laughs) dude, I was... Listen, I was listening to this 1938 Benny Goodman band. (laughs) Right. Gene Krupa breaks off this drum solo. Right. Right. And so he was like ahead of the curve with more rock and yeah, I didn't even know rock. yet. Right. But that, of course, was I was like, yeah, heard any of that stuff and went. Boing, but but know, even like, even at that shit. early age, it was already very eclectic. We were really interested in what each other was picking right. up, yeah. And, yeah. and we wanted to see. Well, what do you got? Well, what yeah. do you got? And and trade almost yeah. like almost like a competition. Yeah. You know, you get together again after school oh, yeah. Yeah. and say, oh, here's what I taped yeah. or what I listened to. Do you, do you guys remember one of the first ones that was really like? That you both clicked on was like, dude. The first is... really, really obvious one is moving pictures. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Which um, I told you the story earlier, right. but I'll I'll tell it again anyway. By um, Rush. Yeah. The, yeah. For those. For yeah. Two, moving pictures by Rush. Two people that might right. not know. Had just come out, so it was what 1980. Yeah. 81. One. Yeah. Yeah. 81. yeah. And uh, 
I didn't know what it was. I had no, I'd never heard of it. Right. Yeah. We're like 10, 11 years old yeah, at this a, point. Yeah. And I, I heard kids on the school bus talking about this band Rush. And I, because I was a music nerd, I was like, Rush and moving pictures. What is it? Like, I was fascinated with the idea of it. Like, right. what, what is moving pictures? Yeah. And this kid said, you know, you don't know what Rush is? And I said, no, I don't know what Rush is. And he goes, it's a band and they have a record and it's called Moving Pictures. And it just came out. And I was like, okay, cool. And the other kid said, it's got Tom Sawyer on it. Right. And I, all I could think in my head was the guy, the kid from Mississippi or whatever yeah. on the raft <laughs> plays on this record. It's got Tom Sawyer on it. Right. I, I was like, is Tom Sawyer a name of a band member? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Two weeks later, there was a magazine drive at school to raise money for school. And I had six bucks or whatever, and I bought a moving pictures cassette. And yes. then like six weeks later, it came in. <laughs> and it was a Columbia Music House one. That's you know? right. So it had nothing but the art and the set li the, the track list. It didn't have any no information. No at all. Who was in the band had nothing. It was just blank. Yeah. And, and it sounds so cheesy to say it, but I literally, I put it on and it changed my life. Yeah. I, I became infatuated with it, obsessed yeah. with it. And yeah. I was kind of scared of it, which sounds funny now, but yeah. it had this weird, creepy aura to it that made it weird. Yeah. I played it for Guy and he, strangely enough, just went as crazy about it as I did. He yeah. was like, this is, yeah. and then that was it. That was the first big one that I really remember. There's been yeah. other ones since, yeah, but right. that one, whew. There was nothing on the radio like that yeah. um, that we could channel into. Yeah, yeah. Brian's listening to AM radio. He's right. hearing Benny Goodman. Yeah. I'm listening to FM radio. I'm hearing you know Duran Duran and Men at Work. Yeah. And I'm digging all of it. Yeah. And we're, we're we're finding things that we like. But but a band like Rush, oh, yeah. like now that we knew who they were, the spirit of radio showed up on the radio. We're yeah. like, oh oh, there's other music by yeah, this band. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was sitting with my finger on the button listening to the radio and if I heard the first notes of a rush tune I would oh, yeah. immediately you'd record it you had, oh, yeah. so I had all these tapes of, of everything but the first two seconds of a yeah. whole ton of rush songs. Yeah, right yeah. You know? and, and we'd be thinking about this and, and again in the day you start to go to you know the convenience stores of the time yeah. and you'd, you'd look at music magazines yeah. there's no coverage of rush right. yeah of every now and then you'd find a circus magazine right. and there'd yeah. be a little article about rush yeah. or we'd find something like that we started to investigate we wanted to know more we all from, from day one we always were like well this is an album right what else is there is yeah, there yeah. anything else yeah we're also, always like that with every band to this day in 2019 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. if brian and i find a brand new band like like somebody like esperanza spaulding who's a this this incredible artist um, and we find out, oh, she's doing this music, and it's really interesting. What else has she done? Right. Where did she come yeah. from? Where did she start? Yeah, dive what else? Is, yeah. Right. Also opened up immediately the doorway of if oh, if the dude from this band mentions that he likes this, I should well, go and listen go to and that. They, right. Yeah, of course. So there yeah. was that was the first one I think that I think too where we all sort of got around because I got into Rush too around I was twelve, thirteen yeah. years old, yeah. and for whatever reason that just. It did connect with me, and I think oh yeah, every everyone that I know that got into them around that same age and around that same era of them, because that's when they were changing too. Oh yes, yeah. because I, I was saying earlier, I I, I discovered them through uh, Exit Stage Left, yeah. and just kind of knew that they were kind of hard rock stuff, and then the weird stuff, and then Signals came out, and I was like, and the lyrics to Subdivisions, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is like that's my, right, Subdivisions, hardcore and stuff at the time too, but I was like, this is. Certainly, Speaking subdivisions like was a monster. It yeah. still is. In fact, yeah. it, it 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 refuses to be overplayed or yeah. destroyed yeah, in any way. It says, yeah. 
if if I put it on again, it's so funny to do this because people are going to be. It's so hard to talk about this the way we always do, right? Without realizing now how pretentious you sound, right? right. But I can't put the. I guarantee if I put uh, subdivisions on right now, the hair on all of our oh, neck yeah. will stand yeah, yeah, yeah. up. Right. It's visceral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by, by the time we'd absorbed a little bit of moving pictures, mm -hmm. signals was on its way out, yeah. and we and we had started to. Whatever investigation we could put into finding out about this band, it was boy. the first record I ever waited for. Yeah. Like, that I knew what was going to come we out. We knew it was and I waited out. for it to come out. Yeah. So when it came yeah. out, it was kind of a big deal, yeah. you know. As it was, as, and we, we were still not even teenagers yet. Yeah. yeah, And we were waiting for this album, and it Parents came out. I was nuts. And, and we loved yeah. it, and we taped yeah. it off the radio, and they played New World Man and, and Subdivisions, and, yeah. and 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 we, we as soon as we could afford or ask our parents for the album or the tape, we got it. Yeah. And, and from there on, that was it. We were that was cemented. And then, of course, MTV happened and it changed yeah. the game. Yeah, we started seeing videos. Now we could put, you know, and all this kind of came together in um, with the fact that Guy's mother, being a musician, yeah, was also immediately tolerant to yeah. us having yeah, a yeah. band in his basement. Oh, nice. Right, yeah. because for some <laughs> immediately, like my father was. We don't even want to get into that. My right. father and I did not have a great relationship, right. and. Uh, uh, he was a really, really, anybody that knew my dad would tell you he was one of the most difficult human beings you would ever meet in your life. Right. Guy's mother would think we could absolutely be dressed like Getty Lee and carrying bases and stuff in and out of the house <laughs> yeah. from the time we were yeah. 12. Were you dressed like Getty Lee? No, no, but Rogue? I mean, we nah. would have, like, at one point we were doing a black metal band. <laughs> and his mother was, like, in the kitchen and we're, like, in we there in the corpse, corpse paint. paint the and she's like... <laughs> Oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, we're cutting a black metal demo. She's like, okay, hey, do me a favor. Take that bag of trash out, okay? Like, it didn't even phase her. Right. So that yeah. cannot be overestimated how yeah. big of a yeah. deal it was to be able to start messing around with a band idea or something at a very, very young age. To, and, together and separately, Brian and I got into Rush, yeah. which is an interesting idea because yeah. we got into it together, yeah. but then separately we were having our own relationship yeah with it and and we liked it, some of the other stuff that was the same too like yeah. we both like kiss yeah. right interestingly enough although he's a gigantic fan now yeah it took me literally decades to convince him that he liked acdc yeah yeah he wasn't on it right away yeah. and i was like no this is the best thing ever well and, the the and, the and that 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 rush phase took me into a progressive rock phase right which, which i followed him into yes and a lot of other stuff yeah. king and, crimson but and, certainly yeah. cemented in for whatever reason both of us not only did we like Rush and did we listen to that and go, oh, wow, this is our band. Yeah. This is something different. And it also wasn't super popular. Yeah, yeah. So as yeah, outcasts in school, yeah. neither one, of us, oh, yeah. Yeah, one of us were popular in school. Yeah. So There was, was nothing was, more punk than being a Rush fan at that uh, time in school. You could get sure. beat up on you the You could get beat up. I, I wore a T-shirt once for like three weeks in a row. <laughs> never changed it, never took a yeah, shower. Yeah. Wore my Rush T-shirt. Yeah. And, and it was a badge of honor, like because absolutely. everybody hated you. Right, you know? we're like, we're gonna beat you so up after punk. school. I'm like, go ahead, I'm wearing it tomorrow. Yeah. But but it's <laughs> but it certainly inspired both of us to start wanting to play yeah, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, I mean, when I heard that, I said, you can wait a minute. I love Duran Duran and I love Men at Work, but yeah. I love Rush. You can play like that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, just yeah, have that to blew my I'm mind. Like, like, like I have to know how to do that. Yeah. Sounds... And so for my 12th birthday, I said I need a drum set, and yeah. my grandparents it's... actually bought me a drum set which i still play to this oh, day nice. yeah and 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 we went up and we got it and i set up and i said i'm gonna learn how to play like this guy i mean yeah. what a now in retrospect i'm like it's ridiculous uh, right. yeah, you're gonna it's learn weird. you're gonna learn at the, at the throne of, of, right. of neil pert and, yeah. and rush right uh, and i got uh my my mom very was shortly still later alive. yes and my mom was still alive and my mom was a uh 
art fan. She wasn't. She didn't really make any art or create anything, or she right. wasn't a musician. But she loved to read. She could. She could draw really good, and she liked to uh, listen to music and stuff. So, yeah. she convinced my father that they should let me take uh, band at school. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I couldn't. It was absolutely out of the question that I would be able to get a drum kit. Right. But I got the snare. Right. Which is that snare right there. Oh, really? That I got when I was ten. Yep. Wow. And I still play it as part of my drum kit. That's right now. Every right. day. Yep. And even though that's a cheap Ludwig 1979 school band snare, almost every single person that's ever heard it has said something about yeah. it. Yeah. To the point it's where a magical drum to me. Yeah. And my, of course, my connection to it is so deep yeah, that it, right. it yeah. could sound like ass, and, and I would think it was and, awesome. And I, yeah. I took I took band a little bit later than Brian, but in, when in middle school I was in band too. Yeah. And, and my my mother drove me to the music store and got me a snare and it was a wooden snare that yeah. this this Ludwig snare is a it's aluminum, aluminum right? yeah, yeah. And, and it was fine but I, I've coveted Brian's original <laughs> school snare so long yeah. that you know in my adult years maybe what was it 10 years ago or so I started looking these up yeah and I've since bought two of these oh, yeah? one's a, a what they call a black or light because it's black yeah they just and then an acrylite which is just this and I bought two of those to chase this sound, nothing sounds quite like his, yeah. of course, because they don't. But that's how instruments right. are. They right, all they're, sound they're yeah. unique. But but I've chased these down because it's just that good of a snare. And I have like four of them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and if you go on online and you look at professional drummers, a lot of them will rate this snare oh, yeah. as one of yeah. the like. Look, this was a cheap school. There's snare another one the right 70s. there right? sticking out behind that keyboard. I can yeah. see. It from right. Right. He's got his spare. <laughs> yeah, you know, but. So anyway, yeah, we, yeah, we that, just that, were able to do that right away, which is crazy. Like, Rush, yeah. Rush certainly inspired us to 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 want to play, yeah. and then our parents, amazingly yeah. enough, yeah. wonderfully enough, said, "Okay, I mean drums, yeah, that couldn't be a That's louder a instrument in a house. That's a yeah. commitment to a parent. I mean, yeah. of course, yeah." And you, so you were saying too, your your parents were doing Columbia Records, mm-hmm. so you would get yeah, in the mail. That's right. And here you are. You just showed up here with a box of records that you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, 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 that tradition has so, so today on my way in to talk to to Christian with Brian, I, I'm I'm leaving my house and I, I look in my rearview mirror and up against the wall is a package that I hadn't noticed and I, I I picked it up and it's a it's a package of records a guy sent me from uh, from a a, uh, a website that where people buy and sell records yeah. and I'm like oh look it's a, yeah, it's it was, a new package of records and I, and I it, it was a, a surprise he said it's a gift yeah. I really like what you sent me you sold me something nice and you sent me a lot of extras here's a little thank you and he sent me a bunch of his yeah. dollar records or yeah. something like yeah. that and I can't wait to get home and listen to him I'm already <laughs> Jones I'm like can we wrap this up so I can go home and listen to this <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it's the same yeah me too I go to Newberry Comics still every Friday to see yeah. what the new releases yeah. are and check it out and you, yeah I'm still not used to the Friday I'm still missing it's weird but so this podcast I, every episode comes out on a Tuesday Tuesday oh, okay. just because of that that's new release day yeah yeah just how I've totally always done yep. it. Right. And, uh, Brian did you ever work at a record store not really, you know what I mean. Not, I mean, not as an actual employee, right. you know. But I've, I've I should the know that. By the way, yeah. I've been friends with him since I was four years <laughs> old. Whatever, but yeah, he was saying, you know. So I worked at uh, Slip Disc. And Slip Disc, for yes. A while and right. I, right. Yeah, yeah. I know Ron very well. I, I, I never went. If I went in there, um, I was, I was in the Chelford store, and then when he moved to Bill Ricca. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I only went in the Bill Ricca one a couple times, but yeah. when Jonah worked at the Chelmsford one, I went in there all the time. Yeah, I. I I didn't. I didn't know Jonah uh, at that point, but I used to get my. Um, <laughs> I used to get my all my straight edge, 
yeah. out of there, like Gorilla Biscuits records yeah, yeah. and Jazz yeah. records out of yeah. from him. Yeah. See, I hated that stuff back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, Brian and I had many phases where our music did <laughs> not. That's always been one of the oh, best things about our relationship is we're so not. on board with some things, yeah. and then and other things we we diametrically opposed. Diametrically opposed, but yeah. that's been fun for many many years yeah. of. Especially well, when somebody breaks down eventually and goes, I, f I fucking love this now. I've yeah, hated I, it for right, decades. Like, right. I can't, the, the, the day I came over, and I, who knows when it was or what year it was or what circumstance, I said, I've been listening to, you know, uh, 74 Jailbreak EP by ACDC. Yeah. Is Bon Scott like one of the most amazing musicians? And he's like, yeah, yeah, really? It took you, you 20 years to realize? I'm like, or, uh, this is awesome. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I was telling you for, yeah. you know. And it's always, it's it's like a real, <clears throat> because my respect for him is so uh, deep and like ingrained. Yeah. It becomes this like personal fucking challenge. Like, yeah. dude, you're too smart to not <laughs> like this record, right, right. you know? And, and I'm yeah. sure he does it back to me too, yeah. where it's like, right. you have to get this. I, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. And on the same tip, I might be going, I hate this record you're trying to force on me, but because you're trying to force it on yeah. me, I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah, Give yeah. it a little um, another extra nod. He, he right. goes, he, he's, had, he had, he's had like a lot of influence on me with music outside of stuff that I would normally pick no. up, like um, electronica, things like that, yeah. that... You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know from that stuff. Right. It's like the classical thing. He's the head that gets me into. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you like that? You'll like right. this. So a lot of that stuff I've come on to from yeah. from guy or mm. even like techno yeah. stuff. Okay. You know. So so after Rush, where did you guys kind of go from there? Did you get into? Uh, so you were kind of into Van Halen and stuff. When did you discover like metal and that? Metal man. Um, after well, so Rush led me directly into. I stayed, uh, oddly enough, on the big band thing, oh, still, even till now, yeah. yeah. Um, but Rush led me right into, like, the prog wormhole. Yeah. Like, you know, would yeah. be, like, Peter Gabriel era, Genesis, yeah. Yes, King Crimson. Yeah. Right around that time, for me, uh, we, we diverged immediately, so yes, we both we sure were did. Rush yeah. heads. Yeah. I ran into, I started hanging with this couple of guys at school that were into some like it almost sounds like drugs I know, they were yeah. into some heavy shit right and i was like <laughs> right it's true what are you though. guys laying on me and these guys were like bringing me to like the residents oh yeah you know and i'm um, just starting to crack them and actually the, the last, legendary like, pink dots and um yeah. well oh, you yeah. know all that stuff the 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 really fringe stuff that leads into like the noise thing and yeah. the really underground thing mm -hmm. Um, they got me on to like shriek back oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So I was like going this way mm -hmm. and you were So for Brian and I at that time, you know, there there were a good like three, four years where we were in school together and digging on Rush together and starting to learn about this band again through magazines yeah. and whatever we could find. Yeah. And then stretching out into, you know, bands like uh I, I you know, think things would happen yeah. that would change your life. Yeah. You'd get a, uh, uh, you'd yeah. get a, you'd go to Christmas and you'd be with your aunt and your uncle or your grandparents, and they would give you a, you know, a, what did they call them back then? A, a gift, not a gift card, but a, a gift certificate. Gift yeah, certificate to there. Pa yeah. Paper gift certificate that was to handwritten, Z right? To the point, Booksmith. Right, yeah. and, and it would be Walden for, yeah, or, or yeah. for Jordan Marsh or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. And and my parents would immediately say you have to spend this fifty dollars on clothes for school and you'd spend forty nine dollars and you right. know or forty five bucks and you have four or five bucks left and one one year with Jordan Marsh 
I had a few bucks left, and I went into their, they, it was still a department store, so yeah. they had records and tapes. Yeah. Went into their record bin and looked through Rush Records. The only Rush record besides moving pictures and signals that was in the bin was Fly By Night. Mm. So I picked that up. Band looked really strange on the back, long yeah. hair, strange yeah. looking guys. But I'm like, it's the same band, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. And then all I had was a dollar left, so I, they had a dollar tape bin yeah. at, at, at one, you know, one uh, uh, section of the store. So I picked out, I said, I looked through and I picked out a tape that looked really cool. It was Drama by Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like the wow, album yeah. cover art. Yeah. Was that That's it. After 901? Uh, no, no, before, before that. that. Oh, that it's was the one with the Trevor, Trevor Horn. Horn. Yeah, yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah. The only one it's, where John Anderson doesn't right. do the lead vocals. And it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, well, not anymore. So I picked that, I picked that out and I picked that and that was it yeah and then i because i didn't know what they were yeah. i went home and i put yeah. fly by night on and i went well this isn't moving pictures and signals <laughs> right by tour in the snow dog right, right? Yeah, yeah. anthem i'm like yeah. this is insane music what yeah. is going on yeah, I it was so and again i couldn't wait to yeah. get to brian's Nasty. the next day and say you got to check this out yeah. and then yes this tape that here's this freaking me out too. strange post progressive yeah. future music and again I became infatuated with that band too, yeah. ironically, with a lead singer who I had know, nothing to do. I know, right? Yeah, yep. So so it was things like that that would happen and it would it would change the path. And then as soon as Brian and I we had like, you know, all those years of music and then he moved to Tingsboro and I was in West And then things got really separate yeah because we weren't influencing each other as much right. now musically we're a little more separate he's going to yeah. a different school i'm going to a different school i've adopted different friends he's adopted different friends his friends so then when you get right. together every six months or something right. instead of every single day that's yeah. right he would have we would both have these massive lists of shit yeah. the other guy didn't hear yet yeah. a lot of stuff got, was converging but he went into metal my work. mom passed away and then a year later my dad remarried and yeah. moved to tingsboro that's right and uh I had, you know, no friends. I didn't know anybody. It was like I was yeah. the new dude. So uh, I was, it was 1984, was it? No, 85? Yeah, 85 right there. Yeah. And uh, I was out in the yard, like, being bummed out about, like, moving and everything, you know? And I heard electric guitar, so I just literally wandered into the woods. Yeah. And I wandered, like, a mile through this field in this woods, and there's this dude my age just sitting on an amp playing a guitar in this driveway. Yeah. So I walked right up to him. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. I just moved in way over there or whatever, and I heard you playing the guitar, and like we went into his house, and he fucking played Hella Waits. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it changed me again. Like yeah, I was right. like, yeah. never heard anything like that in my life. Like yeah. it blew right. me away. It was Much like, like me blind buying Fly By Night. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, because it's I just had like, a gift certificate. Yeah. And from he's then, like, I met this kid. And he's like, hey, come into my house and listen and to this was, record. Yeah, yeah. Kevin yeah. Lefebvre, yeah. Uh, he set me onto that. And yep. uh, huh. he was also into like a lot of, he had some older brothers that had played too and stuff. And so his his thing was deep already with like, I remember it was also he was also crazy into fog hat oh, yeah. right and um <laughs> the almonds and yeah. sabbath right all right. that stuff too yeah. and so that was like another wormhole that i went down and then i was like still now like yeah. just what, metal right. always since and, then and yeah. so i was out of the loop with brian so but i still was friends of course yeah we'd get back together occasionally and and, and he was a different person to yeah. me uh, he's like, oh, you got to check out this, you know, Black Sabbath record. I'm like, who? I, for yeah. some reason, too, during all that, even though it's not metal, like, that's when I became deeply, deeply obsessed, obsessed with the Doors. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. For, yeah, for I many remember years, that. Like I had this Doors fixation huge. on. Yeah. 
um, to one point where I was writing out like this whole how it's like this call and response thing between um, Robbie Krieger and John Densmore, like almost right. like the drums are part of the the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, like I became obsessed with the Doors. I yeah. I'm not sure why that even came up with the Metal yeah. Years, but it it, it, it was um, one of those things. And again, we were having our separate journeys. So yeah. so he was doing that, and and I had I was uh, my sister, uh, my younger sister. Amy, she was into um, uh, a lot of the early, what you call alternative. WFNX in Boston was a huge alternative radio station, but her friends and her crowd, that slightly younger crowd, they were getting into XTC, Suzanne Vega, The Smiths, The Cure, Squeeze, all of that stuff. And I was very resistant to that as a yeah. as a Rush fan yeah. and as somebody who was just getting into Genesis. I mean, my first delve into Genesis was all the Phil Collins yeah. and Up stuff. Right. I didn't want to do anything with Peter I was with getting Peter that Gabriel. stuff, too, interestingly yeah. enough, even though I was, like, deeply into the metal thing. Yeah. Because the girl, the first one of the first girls I ever dated, um, mm-hmm. I was a metalhead, and she was... Uh, into that alternative right. thing mm-hmm. and that's where i first heard like some stuff that still is yeah yeah joy division that, yeah. that alternative yeah, music yeah i was really digging that while brian and i were kind of out of, out of circulation yeah, with each yeah, other yeah. so we'd come back together and be like i'm really into the smiths and he's like i'm really into exodus and yeah. we, we'd bounce away again <laughs> and then i we'd come back i'm like i'm really into xdc and he's like i'm really into the doors yeah. you know and we'd bounce away again yeah. and then eventually we'd bounce back in and be like hey he, you still love the police, right? Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, yeah. We should, and then, and then the two of us, inevitably, as we both started out as drummers. Yeah. And and, and I, we both have branched out into every other instrument you could possibly imagine, but yeah. we certainly both started as drummers. Yeah. So, uh, I picked up guitar and bass earlier than Brian did. Yeah. So, yeah, way earlier. So when he would say, "Let's," this is what happens. You start you really playing have instruments. a band with two drummers. Yeah. That's right. Well, you can't. Yeah. You can't and remember. His mom Wait, had a guitar. Remember, we did have a band kit. with two, heavy kit. Yeah, right? We had a band true. with two drummers. Yeah. It was two drum sets. It was just us playing just drums. Just facing each kit. other, yeah. trying to. We played yeah, no gigs and recorded yeah. no albums. Awesome. It, was a, it was a great time. Um, but so I would just bring over bass or a guitar. Sometimes yeah. I'd detune. I'd, I'd make this weird middle range tenor right. bass, and mm-hmm. and we'd we'd try to do. We'd start bands. Yeah. With the two of us. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, we, and we'd, and we'd invite like 20 third, of them right we'd invite a third person or a fourth person and it would never work right and it would always just be the two of us so yeah. so the two of us have been playing music for an awfully long time too yeah. and those kinds of connections of even though we were out of each other's orbit we came back together it'd be like what have you been digging? And Brian, yeah. I haven't really been digging Depeche Mode lately. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like drum machines and stuff? Right. And you're a drummer? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, let me, let me, let me clue you in. Check yeah. this out. Right. And he would rip off something and on I, the that, drum set, and I'd be like, really into, uh, oh, because I'm really checking out this. Or, Joy or, Division. I was obsessed with Stephen Morris because it uh, sounds yeah, like yeah. a machine, oh, right? Yeah. But it's Different. it's a real drummer, you yeah. know. And I was blown away by the way he tuned the drums like yeah. to sound like a machine because they couldn't afford a machine right you know? yeah. and so 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 now we're meeting together as musicians instead of just music right. fans and we're like listen here's the stuff that i've been listening to that i want to play yeah and then i'm like well here's the stuff i've been listening to that i want to play and yeah. maybe that can mash together or not you know yeah and, and he that, had like a lot of cool stuff too he was like uh i don't know where you got it off from maybe your mom I don't know, but he was the first person that ever brought me anything that would fall in the category of, like, new age. Yeah, okay. And there was, like, it sounds funny now, but some of that stuff was awesome. Like, yeah. we used to be so into, like, 
these huge albums are just 20 you know minutes aside of you know they're like noise records um checkfield and all that stuff so going going back a little do you remember oh maybe not going back but do you guys remember your the the first like live shows that you saw or or for or and then furthermore like the first one where you were like wow this is this is yeah my first real show of any kind like legitimate real show was rush same here yeah and it was um, it was exactly what you would expect somebody yeah. to say. Like I can't, I remember it even now in like a dreamlike way. Of Absolutely. Like, un, I'm certain when I left that I still would, like really couldn't right. even believe it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the opener was. Yeah, man, I think the opener was Schenker. It was Michael Schenker. Yeah. Yep. I want to say that's yeah. right. And it was would have been um, probably Power Windows. Yeah. Right. 1985. Yeah. And yeah, Mr. Centrum. Um, that, yeah. yeah, one of the one of the things that really struck me about it, I remember riding home was um, th- it sounds funny that that they could really do it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, three like guys, those guys. It wasn't yeah. on a record. Like no, those guys yeah. just did that right yeah. there in front of me, man. They just, <laughs> that was key. Yeah. And yeah. and because I was such a nerd already, I knew I wasn't being tricked. I was yeah, like, yeah. they just did that yeah. for real. Yeah, I and mean, that was the first time it occurred to me that when you watch any kind of music on television. Well, you know, you yeah. what? Oh, that they're not really playing it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you can really do that, yeah. and that that was a big thing. It was yeah. impressive. It was. It, I remember that show very well. And, yeah. and you're like, you're right, Brian. It's like a dreamlike state. You you'll think about it, and at 15, 14, 15 years old, yeah. you're absorbing all this stuff. You know, you're having. You're you're in the biggest place you've ever been in yeah. with the most amount of people. Yeah, yeah, so just all, freaking out. Like, so already that's emotional. Yeah, and yeah. then here's this band that you've. Made up a lot of stuff about as well as yeah. read about, but, yeah, yeah. but I couldn't not, believe but the scope of it either in yeah. person. What the size of an arena That's a good like point. that is, the yeah. scope is, and the really... way that the band looked like to actually be there instead of it just being the cover of Kiss yeah. Alive. That's yeah. right. Where yeah, you're like, there. wow, this is what it's like to be here. Like yeah. it was like right. a oh, moment. You know? I mean, they they, they, yeah. they were phys- they were and I've had them in... at other shows too, yeah. but that one yeah. as a kid. It was literally like in a Disney movie where the kid sees yeah. the yeah. baseball there, there, glove in the window or something and decides yeah. that's his fate. Right. Yeah. For me, there were two cogs in the wheel for live shows, and that was one. Yeah. Was the arena show yeah. at 14 or 15, very young, teenage years. Here we are in a room with thousands of people, yeah. and the band that we like, that we've created fictions for and know just a little bit about, because yeah. there's no internet, yeah, yeah. there's just the... They're here in the room with us, yeah, and now crazy. it's real. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not a record. Yeah. It's not the radio. Yeah. It's not the magazine report. Yeah. I'm here, and those three guys are here, and now we can relate. Yeah. And then the next cog in the wheel for live music for me that happened was going to clubs. Yeah, well, was yeah. to take it. Yeah. From but that was quite a bit later. Yeah, yeah. because I mean, well, because when I in 1984, so I mean, it. I went to see Rush. I was 14. That's yeah. right. It was going to be years before I could go in a club. Yeah, yeah. So. Even though at that point I started to get onto because of like Rocket and stuff, yeah. I started to get onto local music, yeah. but I couldn't go to see it. Every That's show right. was most shows eighteen back, plus. Back then, most plus. shows were eighteen or twenty-one plus. Uh, it was twenty-one plus for a long time. There weren't a lot of all-ages shows like there were eventually. Yeah, yeah, matinees so, and stuff. So, yeah. so we couldn't get in to see a lot of stuff for yeah. a while. So it was arena yeah. shows. But then that next live, you know, uh, cog, if you will that clicked over was to go to club shows. Oh, yeah. right. And that now to really be intimate 
Oh with, yeah, like with, a foot away from with the musicians. Guys. And yeah. when that started happening too, it became it was like an addiction. I was going yeah. to a show no, like that, constantly. So yeah. so at that point, Brian and Especially I Especially in Boston, not to oh, be yeah. right. I'm sure that everybody in every big city says this everywhere, but we yeah. lived between Lowell and Boston. We were literally at will could see something amazing. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. an epicenter every every single <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah. And, and you're from this area yeah. too. So in, in Massachusetts, but specifically if you're near Boston, oh, yeah. in from 1989 to I don't know, right now, at least we could yeah. see a sh we basically saw sh we we were seeing shows every week, at yeah. least once Constantly. or twice a week yeah. here and in Nashua, New Hampshire, where, yeah. which started to branch out in Lowell, of yeah. course, yeah. And, and, so, and the floodgates were open then. Oh, yeah. Now, both of us were now musicians. Yeah. We considered ourselves musicians. We play an instrument. Yeah, yeah. I play drums. Brian plays drums. I play bass. Yeah. And now we're going to see bands, and we're seeing bands that are not only friends of ours and contemporaries, yeah. but any band that we can think of. Hey, 24-7 Spies from, yeah. from playing, New York yeah. is playing. I'm going up to see them Tuesday night. It's eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, Curve is Curve, right. Curve is coming over from the UK. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's seven yeah, Curve bucks. Curve show was awesome. They're, Engines of aggression. They're going to open up. Axis. We're going to go see them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Axe. <laughs> hey, Lamb is that was coming. A cool hey, show. you know, uh, whoever, anybody, and everybody who yeah. showed up, who was on our list, we said, "Oh, look, EBN is going to come. Anybody. They're yeah, going like, to come play and do some audio visual yeah, spectacular yeah. downstairs in the Middle East for six bucks. Yeah. Let's go." Yeah, you were talking earlier about how you made like a, a spreadsheet with all the different live shows you had. That's right. I remember doing the same thing and being amazed that like during one week I'd see like Sam Black Church one night, and then two days later I saw The Cure, and then like Fish or something. <laughs> right. yeah. like, and then I went to like WWF one night. Or something. <laughs> like, you, you, who was I dating that week or, or that month yeah, right? or something? Well, it's that's interesting, funny. Christian, because that's the thing. You you look at those. If you make lists like that, and I do make lists, and Brian makes lists, and people who get obsessed with music make lists that's yeah. what we do <laughs> you, you look at that and you go i had no limits i had there were, there were it was only living witness yeah. it was sam black church it was curve yeah it was maloco it was combustible edison oh, yeah, yeah. It, five it style was five style it was lotion yeah. it was velocity girl smithereens it was the smithereens right and when rush came to town oh, yeah. we went to see them too yeah. you it got to the point no where difference. definitely going to way more club shows than yeah. arena yeah. ones yeah. you couldn't you couldn't go to that many arena shows you yeah. know like in a year or whatever but no. you go to see well the affordability was shows. there too and yeah. also Brian was well established in in Tingsboro, and I was well established in Westford. So we were still very close. They're close yeah. towns, yeah. and we could say to each other at the drop of a hat, "Hey, listen, the Smithereens are in town. Yeah. Do you want to go down Tuesday yeah. night? Yeah, yeah, let's go. It's eight bucks, yeah. and yeah. we could just run in forty five minutes Boston, and go hit it." Not only we were lucky because Boston had not only a wide array of great music being made in the city at yeah. all the t all the time by countless bands more than you could ever want to see you know like but also it was big enough city that some strange reason and people liked it well enough that bigger acts would play here yeah. in tiny little places that's yeah, right yeah. i mean marillion played how many times did we see them at the paradise uh, i don't know four right? or five times Anyways, and there's people in the uk back then and then just recently another time right and there's people in the uk where marillion is from yeah and and they'd only saw them at wembley you know yeah. right yeah, you know crazy. right right so yeah. i saw warren zevon at the paradise it was yeah. incredible like, i saw queens right at the paradise awesome yeah yeah anthrax and of course you know like everybody that has like that certain years probably in boston had the certain clubs that 
I have no, I can't even, I have no idea how many times I fell on the dirty floor at the channel or, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, yeah. So I'm a liar rage at the channel. We, we saw, we saw a very, uh, again, when you talk about those shows that change things yeah. for you, you know, things that are a, a, a game changer in, yeah. in, in time. We saw a show at the channel. Um, it was Suicidal Tendencies, Oh right? my God, yeah, with Exodus and, and Pantera. Pantera. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Pantera had... Uh, Cowboys from Hell had like just come out. Just come like out. Right yeah. You guys like them? They're like not a, at all. No. No. People I, hate Pantera. You know right. what? I don't hate yeah. Pantera. Yeah. And like, my friend Kevin, the kid who played me the Slayer record, played yeah. the guitar like John Fogerty yeah. through the woods that I followed. Right. Um, <laughs> li likes likes Pantera and yeah. and uh, he's been turning me on to like paying attention more to. Um, sort of what's going on with the individual players. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to be the dick, but basically it turns out in the end of the analysis that what I don't like about Pantera is Phil Anselmo. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, he's the who, fourth best member of Well, who I, who, but now uh, I've actually come to appreciate even some of his other stuff with like Super Joint and Down, a little I, bit. I like that. But, but I'm definitely like not a fan yeah. of Pantera. I don't yeah. know enough of it to be a fan, but at the time... I, so I didn't. I don't even think I knew who they were yeah. at the time. And he comes out. Nope, he's that, had some knucklehead moments in the last few. Oh, so two men. Yeah, just so. idiot, right? That, so. that, that particular show was a show for me. Um, that was really scary. That was the first show I was legitimately afraid at, like right, for yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's what I was yeah. getting at. Like I'm like, oh, I, I remember at one point um, thinking to myself, legitimately, like, you could get killed here. Like yeah. this is. But did you like? But, but oh, like, oh, was, yeah. Like, yeah I want to go back. Like was of that, course, yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, it was like something really um, tribal that, about it. Like yeah. when you're in a room full of people that are all on the same page about the same thing at the yeah. same time, because it's so yeah. rare for that to happen. It's been a running theme on this. I've noticed the maybe the last five or six of these I've done where guys have talked about the first time when they, you know, that danger that was in the air. At really? Kind of shows, yeah. But then they were like, but I wanted to go back. You know, like right. Oh yeah, it's always kind of disappeared from that that world of. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it's funny. Is in the over decades of hundreds of shows, thousands maybe, maybe it would it be thousands. You think? Yeah. Probably yeah. hundreds for sure. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. yeah um, for sure. Can count on the number and have fingers left over the number of times I was legitimately afraid at a show. Right. Yeah. You know that was one of them. That show was now, terrifying. How and, many shows you were actually in danger at is probably right. a lot larger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we left. A, this is pretty funny. We left a prong show once because we thought we were going to get hurt. Was that the channel? Middle East. Is it the uh, Middle East yeah. downstairs? downstairs. And it was um, it was one of those moments where um, that was a prove you wrong tour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those moments where that's a good record. Oh, such a good record, yeah. And it was a great show. I remember and, and we were enjoying it, and and it was really packed. And if you've ever been to the Middle East, you know downstairs <laughs> yeah. when it's full, oh yeah, it's insane, right? It, it, and it's kind of a it's it was, kind of a channel. You, yeah, you lock and in. It was you're like one of those. You kind of got to. You're not gonna go to the bathroom. Yeah, you're gonna just yeah. stay there yeah. all night, and you're gonna fight through yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And yep. you're gonna establish your space, and, and you're gonna was, stand there. Yeah. And it was really going good. Yeah. And for whatever point, for whatever reason, it was one of those nights where everybody it was everybody was on eleven the whole time. And that's it was, right. Every song that would come on, you know, the crowd so loud, the singing from the audience so loud that right. you can't even hear the you, PA. You, you anymore. couldn't hear anything. Like, it, yeah. And at the end of the thing, they just started to play "Prove You Wrong" that riff, yeah. and it got so. Uh, I was like, "We're gonna get hurt. It was Somebody's it, gonna get hurt." And we had to leave to get the very, building. It started and, to get very physical. Yeah. Which now at that point, this is a little past 
our prime for physical shows. Yeah, We'd yeah. seen plenty of hardcore shows. Yeah. Uh, we were we were good friends with the bands in Only Living Witness and, yeah. and, and Sam Black Church. So we'd seen plenty of hardcore shows. Yeah. We'd seen plenty of pits. We'd often, seen, often to be fair, often from the safety of behind us. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. You know, off the yeah. side. Right, and we, and we, because we knew the band members themselves, we always felt a little bit a little more safe. privileged. Friendly yeah. fire. We're like, yeah. Yeah. look, there's no way we're going to get yeah. hurt because right. even if it starts to get, they're going to recognize, yeah. if it gets That's a little right. crazy, they'll recognize, they'll come in and... Yeah. I, I, that I, show was crazy we, and I remember right? thinking how but nuts it was. But this show is past that. that. It's, it's past that age a little bit. And I didn't really expect, to be honest, as much I love Right, we didn't expect the physicality. Yeah, of I it didn't expect the Boston to go off at a prong show. No, like that. no, yeah. it seemed it seemed pretty safe. But yeah. then at a certain yeah, point, it, it turned, yeah. and we said, even at that point, we're a little old to get hurt yeah. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was an element in the hardcore scene. We, I don't talk about that much on here. That I, that forced me to sort of stop going. Yeah, to, me too. Of course, mm -hmm. exactly, absolutely, hundred uh, percent. That's right. Yeah, and I, and I talked about that. I think with my last one with one of the guys that when we kind of talked about when that started happening in the hardcore scene yeah that was scary I mean, like, like biohazard and that kind of yeah of course thughead kind of stuff that's right yeah the tough guy stuff yeah yeah <laughs> it also it had a good thing with hard rock because i think it kind of created all those like stoner rock bands and like oh yeah, bands sure. like isis it, it, yeah all yeah those kind of right there was a splinter heavy guys that, that were still kind of hardcore guys but they didn't want anything to do with like just, yeah, it was this. Uh, it was more a music thing. And that's right. Dude started growing the, the beard. Right, the music, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The music <laughs> and the and the physical nature of, of, of the actual live show separated yeah, yeah, and diverged. Yeah. So it was and became kind of a good thing. A so, good thing. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're all gonna go over here. And, right. Two different camps. And then bands like Seika started happening. And, and it was Song a Fox and yeah, yeah, and, stuff and like and that. Where, it was weird to me too because um, I had liked a, quite a bit of the um, like the New York hardcore. Yeah, thing. yeah. I was uh, obsessed with. Uh, the Gorilla Biscuits oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And what was funny about those shows is that music is really loud and it's really, really aggressive. Yeah. But the people, including the bands, yeah. are not scary. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. They're all nerds like yeah. me, just yeah. flailing around going, I'm really angry. Mm. And then in Boston, all of a sudden it was, oh, the guy that's trying to mosh me onto the floor isn't um, <laughs> Siv, it's fucking Lou Ferrigno, oh, right. and he's yeah. got a, he's going to crush my head like a grape, you yeah, know? Right. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember at a show, I don't remember who played or, or what the venue was, it might have been Bun Ratties, yeah. um, or the Melody Lounge, yeah. where I remember being in line to go in with my ticket yeah. and having them take a gun off a dude in front of me, <laughs> and I just was like, yeah. what is this coming to? This yeah. isn't... I know I sound like the old man now, but no, it's I like, don't. whatever, that, uh, I came here to dance and drink beer and whatever, hang out with my friends, right. not to get shot or get beat up or yeah. get knocked no, out because I don't like right. yeah, exactly. the Here's Yankees that, or whatever. Yeah. Interesting that you say, Brian, that uh, I lost interest I, I, in it. Yeah. they took a gun off a guy. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so from 1984 to 2019, that's how long I've been seeing musicians live. Yeah. The most frisked I was I ever got myself personally yeah. was 1984. Was yeah. the very first show, and since then I've been to some shows that I've seen confiscations that, like Brian said, would be would yeah. would would make any parent, you know, uh, petrified. Yeah, brass yeah. knuckles, and all brass stuff. knuckles, razor yeah. blades, right. chains, all yeah. kinds of scary things. You know, yeah. I, everything. Yeah. But the very first Rush show that I ever attended oh, wow. in Worcester Centrum, they they made me take off my boots. Really? I, wow. I I had you know 
the, the high top. They didn't want you to try to cut Getty. High top Timberlands and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And the only thing I was trying to sneak in that night was a was a was a banner that my brother and I had oh, painted yeah. on a bed sheet yeah. of the of the logo for the for the Grace Under Pressure oh, album. Nice. We'd painted that, and they wouldn't let us in with really? it. Um, so we had to ditch it in a trash barrel, yeah. uh, right at the front, and we threw it there. And uh, midway in the show, yeah. we went out to the trash barrel and went out and found it and huh. fetched it and brought it and hung it over the banner anyway and made <laughs> sure that awesome. the band saw it for oh, five seconds awesome. until yeah, yeah, security yeah. came and said, right. you got to put that yeah. away. And then we you know, threw it. Yeah, I, I think I still have that banner in, in my basement somewhere. Yeah, I remember point. it. But yeah, certainly for being, being, um, being frisked for shows, yeah. which I was many times, yeah. the, the yeah. most I've ever been searched was the very first show I ever, I ever went to. Yeah. And, and since then... Again, I've been to many shows like 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 Brian said, where where people in Boston front of me have, really had, scary, have yeah. had guns yeah. and stuff like wasn't that. Wasn't worth it anymore. And yeah. they they barely patted me. They said, yeah. "Off you go." I don't remember yeah. what like the last hardcore show I went to was. I don't yeah. remember honestly. Yeah. But but there was a point there where I had left shows too a few times because shit got to be yeah, in a place here. where I didn't like yeah, it. I remember right. leaving a super touch show one night like. Yeah. Go, going, what what are we doing? This is a super yeah. touch show. Like yeah. this is what are you guys? That dude's gonna leave in an ambulance or something, right. some fight, you know. And yeah, I was yeah. like, "Nah, this is whack. I'm yeah. out." Yeah, yeah. And I th and I think that's just for guys like us that we're just, we're just like, I just wanted to see some fucking music tonight. Like, yeah, yeah. That's totally what it was always my, about you know, for me. Was it was only ever about the music, yeah, yeah. and and so things like Hang that out started with my to friends, get, you know, it wasn't yeah. started to get distracting, which was it's a nice way to put it, yeah. irritating. You know, yeah. you, you'd get really a aggravated. Yeah. You're like, I. It, the show's going to end. Yeah. Somebody's going to call it. Yeah, and there was like going to call a night. It was gang you, activity, right? right? Yeah. And, and yeah. we couldn't care None less of that about that. Was anything I was about? Yeah, so. yeah. No, yeah. we just wanted to hear the next song. Yeah, I got that that feeling like like you were saying like when you're in the building with Rush for the first time. Right. Yeah. I've had the same kind of moment throughout my life, and some of it may have been because I was high or whatever. But, sure. But we're in a, where you're in a show and just everything around you disappears, and you're just. Oh yeah! Focused awesome. on it. everything in the place disappears except the band. Yep, and you're yep. just there. Yeah, and yeah, there's a tunnel. Well, you can't do that, you know, because you're constantly right. like. Yeah, there's a tunnel vision that happens, and then anything that's disrupting that is and is, I, is certainly an aggravation. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, yeah. and I can say too, though, interestingly enough, as scary as it got, where it got scary enough that I wouldn't even go anymore. Yeah. In my entire life, I only ever been hurt at a show one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah ever. Yeah. Same with me. Same here, that's yeah. right. Just once. You know, in that. Yeah. That says a lot to me because for, for certain, during the like what, what I guess you could call like the hardcore years, I was at some so, shows where oh, yeah. so I was surprised I didn't get hurt. <clears> yeah. So I, Brian, what show did you get hurt at? I got hurt at the Middle East downstairs at an I Hate God and Anal Cunt show. Right, that that's right. Sense. I was at that show. I didn't yeah. get hurt. He did. I got hurt. You remember what show? Stiff Little Fingers and Battalion of and Saints. Battalion of oh, Saints. Oh, what about you, Christian? Uh, bad brains. <laughs> Jerry's kids. We all remember. <laughs> we all, see, so we all remember which yeah. show it was. Awesome. But I know the guy, I, it was, there used to be a guy, I think he was one of the Slapshot roadies named The Wrecking Machine. Yeah. yeah oh he, he was a gigantic man. <laughs> and uh, he jumped on top of my head. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought I would, like, I thought I was going to die. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's right. Yeah. So and once you get hurt at yeah. a show, that changes the whole entire dynamic right. of the show. Yeah. And you're oh, out. yeah. Right. You're out. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, right. Yep. Thankfully, it's it funny that we all. It was sort of near the. It was the eye against eye era. So. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> well, it's good that we all have only one. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, one that's an amazing thing <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. think of yeah. how many 
times I spent at, an, at a really aggressive show. That's right. And hundreds, out of, and decades of shows. And I only got All of us, hurt right. once. And what's funny is the time I got hurt, it was a totally a freak yeah. accident. Same with it wasn't me. A, yeah. a, For years, I, I, after, like, maybe after the 90s, I would always just stay away in the back. And I was like, I don't want to deal with like getting up the... And then I was in Los Angeles in 2011 or 2009. I don't remember, but... Nine Inch Nails had announced they were doing their last three shows. They were doing like a, a small club, a medium. Yeah. So my friend got tickets to the medium club one. Oh, that must have been amazing. Hall, it was the Hollywood Palladium, which was oh, that's not an a awesome medium, venue like though. A, and uh, she's like, "Let's just go. we got to go right up front." So we went up, and I had no idea what they were going to play. And they came out and did. I was probably ten feet away. They did the entire. Uh, they opened with the Downward Spiral at awesome. the whole album. Right. And then uh, Gary Newman came out. Oh, amazing! Yeah, two songs with him, and then just. But after that, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start because it wasn't as horrible to be that close. But for right. years, I, I didn't want to be anywhere near. That's right. I love right. that. Being that close um, to them and seeing that record like perform live, I was like, must have been brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Uh, have you ever seen that video of Gary Newman doing Cars with Nine Inch Nails in London? No, the live no. one. Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they did Cars and one of the song yeah i only saw i saw nine inch nails once yeah. at uh Lollapalooza. oh yeah they're I still can, you I, know pretty hate machine yeah i saw them i think in the centrum that they did on the uh fragile tour awesome oh, yeah. Yeah. So i, I cool. was working for newbury comics at the time and we yeah. had some connections there and we got we got mm -hmm. great seats and nice passes and so we were able to get right in and right out yeah and it, was, I, a, it, was, it was an amazing was, show i switched back kind of well not back but i switched over to go into more bigger shows yeah well because they weren't dangerous yeah. So that was like one of the side effects of kind of leaving behind sort of part of the club scene, yeah. if you will, for a while. Mm -hmm. I went to, well, now I could, let's go see Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I went from a dry spell of seeing some of those bigger bands to seeing them. Yeah. And it was really exciting to see them again because yeah, it had been, I'm used to seeing the Smithereens at the Rat. And right. then now instead I'm going right. to see Rock Yes in this giant yeah. venue or... Uh, whatever giant band that you had been ignoring even, while you were yeah, paying attention to brian even yeah. stuff like joe jackson at the avalon right all of a sudden it's coming oh yeah. Circle. yeah the avalon's a much bigger club than most yeah. of the smaller bands yeah. we've been listening to yeah but it's, sure and it's not an arena but yeah. here's a guy that we've been listening to for 20 years and now he's I've always had, been amped on that when you think of a band that you get to see in a venue like that that yeah. other people wish they could yeah and remember that Joe Jackson, that time when you got obsessed with the, not obsessed, but you got excited about the road case? Um, I remember being in there and at one point being really put out, being upset that this is it, this fucking room. That's Joe Jackson, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. No, I know. What are we right. doing in this yeah. fucking bar right, right. now? It should like, be an yeah. arena. We should be at the got, This dude is... Every single one of these dudes right here is a legitimate is musical yeah. genius. This is a yeah. What are you doing? And, and that yeah. and that that was which the, is so lame. That, volume me, four, right? Yeah. It was volume four, and just to be able to see that lineup so of those Jackson, guys those play guys, those songs, Joe was, Jackson band. It's all the original yeah. band. They're Mind all there. Born. They're all still in fighting trim. They, yeah. they can play. Yeah. Nobody's diminished in any yeah. way. And, and and we've been fans for a long time. And we're sitting there in in the room, and and again we're looking at every single piece. I'm looking yeah. at like Grand like Brian Mates. says, yeah. his road case, and I'm, so I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that's his road the case. Road so he keeps Grand the bases, who cares, right? Yeah. And I'm excited about it. And it, and again, there's a couple hundred people in the room, yeah. and you're thinking, this is a moment in time that that's not special just to me, or yeah. not just 
special like I feel like Brian. I want to. This is kind of a memorial moment, and and there's really only a few hundred people who care, yeah. you know. And you're like, like well, I feel like I literally want to go on the stage and just say, "Excuse me, excuse hang on a second, right. and take the microphone <laughs> and go." That's fucking great, maybe. Right. right. Yeah. Right there, like, what do you? Yeah. Hey, you want to talk doing? a little bit yeah. louder in the microphone? I just want you all to know. Yeah, just Joe Jackson is really important to me. Okay, <laughs> he should be important to everybody else. Right? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get so passionate yeah. about it. You get it, very like, passionate. Yeah. You're right. On a selfish part, you're like, oh, it's cool. I'm in this intimate thing. Absolutely. But. You, you don't feel bad, but yeah, you, he should be playing a fucking arena. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. This should be well, well announced. Yeah, it's just crazy, but, but. You know, obviously, there's no. I don't think anyone will ever figure out that answer. Yeah. What ends up in the arena and what ends up right. in the, yeah. because it sometimes makes no sense. Yeah, like there know? was a tour a couple of years back, or maybe even last year, at the at the Boston Garden or whatever it's called now. But it was Hall and Oates and Tears for Fears. Who yeah, amazing. Were, I like both of them. But yeah, of course. To me, I was like, they're playing a hockey arena now, and to, but right. And I don't know how sold out it was. Or right. Whatever, but. Uh, I have a good uh, story about that when I. Yeah. So we were into uh in the 80s you know all yeah. the uh what like you what you call alternative you know yeah. the smiths yeah, and the right. cure and depeche mode well i had never seen any of those bands during yeah. high school yeah. at all never gone to see any of them sure yeah so it was way later and i forget what year it was maybe 2000 no 90s anyway the, the depeche mode had an album out called exciter yeah it's a really good record and they played at great woods mm -hmm. and i was like i'm going to see depeche mode so i went out and i saw them they were tremendous. I couldn't believe how good they were. They had a live drummer, which I thought was just yeah. off the chart. They were amazing. But I got there, and I'm listening, and they did, like, enjoy the silence. And I turned around, and it's like people all the way to the fence, right? Yeah. And I was blown away. So I came home, and I called Dave Monaghan in New York, and I was like, oh, I went to see Depeche Mode, you know? And he goes, oh, how were they? And I'm like, oh, they were incredible. I go, but you know what's fucking crazy is... Um, they played at Great Woods, and he goes, yeah. And I'm like, it was like sold out all the way to the <laughs> fence. And he goes, right. And I'm like, no, it was a Depeche Mode show. Right. <laughs> and he's like, dude, where, what are you talking about? And I, I've just historically been a person that doesn't, I don't watch a lot of TV or, right. you know, read newspapers or anything. So he's like, bro, they didn't put out a record in over a decade that didn't have a top 10 hit on it. Yeah. And I was like just blown away yeah, that this yeah. band that I used to get beat up for liking in high school was, still... was yeah, yeah. this giant. You know, yeah. I had no idea that it was that to me. I was going to be Dave Gahan dancing around in front of the mic and, yeah, yeah. you know, right. like a Joy Division show. I mean, it, was, I, it was crazy. Yeah. I liked Men at Work back in 1981, 82. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I thought they were a great band. And then they had a couple other albums and they were huge yeah. and they were on MTV and then they were gone. Yeah. And then Colin Hay started putting out records, and I really didn't pay attention, but eventually I did. And I started going to see him live in, you know, the late 90s, 2000. Yeah. And, and he, w he was one of those performers that, you know, his, his in-between banter was almost worth yeah. the price of admission <laughs> yeah, yeah, alone. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even have to play half the songs. <laughs> yeah, and he would throw a few Men at Work songs in yeah. there, of course, but... But his solo work started to become really interesting. Yeah. And, and not everything hit, but a lot of it did. Yeah. But one of the things that kept me interested in, in his orbit was that he just kept coming around. And New yeah. England loved him. Yeah. And so he kept coming here. Yeah. And so I kept going, and we kept having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, eventually, uh, he, would, he would put Men at Work back together every now and then. Mm. And so although I'd never seen them back in the day, I was right. a little bit too young to, yeah. to hit them. Yeah. Eventually, they put they got back together before Greg Ham, who was one of the founding members of Colin, before he passed away, 
they put together a couple of gigs here in Boston. Yeah. They played the Paradise, but they also played the Middle East downstairs, really? huh. which, oh again, for me, has always been, been a very awesome. small club yeah. and a club that I'm very comfortable in, and yeah. I've seen a million bands there. Yeah. And so to kind see... Kind of took the place of the channel. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so to see somebody like Colin Hay and Greg Hamm, the original members of Men at yeah. Work, uh, play, awesome play, play those songs in a, a, in a little room like that yeah, yeah. Was, was was pretty profound yeah. because you know some of it was nostalgic but some of it was pretty good and Greg Ham was his typical self he's walking on the bar and playing yeah. the saxophone and he's coming all the way into the audience yeah. and it was a really a really good time yeah. so like Brian's saying you have no 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 concept sometimes you get so insulated right. to the bands you love and what you like yeah. that you're like look i love depeche mode and i used to get beat up for wearing their t-shirts at school <laughs> i'm going to great woods i'm seeing a show yeah, yeah. and i turn Rush around syndrome. and there's yeah. thousands of people yeah. cheering along with the song yeah. what, what did i miss yeah. you're like I i've just been very insulated everything and here uh, i yeah. am at men at work you know right. and, and and at this little club and and it, it's yeah. a celebrated yeah. thing yeah. and it's very special and very poignant to me yeah but I'm like, it's also, you know, like, that, that, that's unusual. That's a very special thing, yeah. what's going on there. And it doesn't happen normally. Right. And there's a ton of people who are really into yeah, that. Yeah. And you say, boy, boy, I've been insulated to this. I didn't know that people yeah. cared about yeah. it. Also, but I'm uh, there at a sold-out show yeah. at the Middle East downstairs. I'm like, yeah. nobody cares about Men at Work right. anymore. Like, oh, no, Wrong. everybody yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting that you mentioned Men at Work specifically. I always thought it was interesting that we have a habit of being really seriously interested in a band that people don't care about at all. Right. People right. are like people take very lightly. Yeah. Or or people just think there's nothing more to it than it's like a one hit wonder or yeah. something, but yeah. but you're really deep on it. I'm sure you we, have some we, of those. We talked yeah. online I think before about the fix is one of those. Oh my, the fix is definitely one yeah. of those. Yeah, where um, another one that comes to mind immediately is Big Country, who oh, yeah, everybody yeah. knows that right. song, but it's they like, know, know this is a deep, deep catalog yeah. filled with amazing right. tunes that nobody cares about. Yeah. There, there aren't a lot of people talking about Jerry Spicer, the drummer from Men at Work. Yeah. You know? Right, but I yeah, cared, yeah. But he was an incredible drummer. He went on to yeah, become sure. a science teacher, but mm -hmm. he was an incredible oh. drummer, and he did three albums of, of amazing huh. work. Yeah. One and, of the ones we d we talk about all the time, who's brilliant and everyone thinks of as a one-hit wonder, is Thomas Dolby. Oh, Just yeah. loaded yeah. with oh. amazing, amazing work. Like, is a huge fan and he's been telling me I should because I've never no, really, I've uh, never really yeah. Thomas's work is epic I mean, yeah. he's just so um, there's so much more to it than what people yeah. think is there you yeah, know yeah. Um, there's so many of those and that, that might be one of the uh, I'll talk about it at the end of our thing but uh, that might be one that we an idea to talk about. Oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Is, I agree. Like yes. These sort of not one hit wonder, but bands that, you know, yeah, that people. Deep cuts. Really, really yeah. Um, you know, there's like a lot of. Um, although, you know, what's interesting is I think in a, is it like a scene, there's a lot of that in like metal. Yeah. That's yeah. a thing in metal oh, is yeah. to know everything about some band <laughs> that nobody knows about, right? right? right and yeah. I've got a million of them over there. Like, yeah. um, trying to think of a good one. Like, like I, I think this is a good one. I just talked to a guy the other day that was amazed that Except had more than one yeah. record because yeah, the yeah. only one he ever heard was right. Balls to the Wall. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, not only do they have a bunch of records, they've got a bunch of really good records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thin Lizzy. Yeah, yeah. People know the boys are back in town or whatever. It's like, no, right. this catalog is chock full oh, of yeah. amazing jams, yeah, you know? Yeah. Joe Jackson. Yeah. I'm um, actually in a um, Facebook group, a Joe Jackson group called... Joe Jackson has other songs than just "Did she is she oh, really, really going out with him?" That's really? the name of the group. Yeah, I um, read uh, the the biography of the bass player from uh, the Specials, Horace. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Specials, about, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So he talks about when they recorded uh, with Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah. 
apparently maybe it was in the same studio that, that Joe Jackson had recorded that first record in, and that some of the tapes were still there. Oh, wow. And Elvis Costello and, like, a, after, like, them recording all day or whatever, <laughs> and they were hanging around drinking or whatever, they put the, the tapes from uh, from that in. And from the first one? From yeah, the yeah. Shark? Yeah, and Elvis Costello sang... Oh my recorded God. a version of Is She Really Going Out With Him? And they just and then they just deleted it. Yeah, what's funny about that song is like the hardcore heads like me, you know, mostly I, nobody hates it, but right, you're right. over it, you're over yeah, it. Yeah. It really is an amazing song. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe one of the best pop songs ever written. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's an absolute classic. Yeah. What is song she is really, that? Is, is she really, really going out with him? Oh, Joe yeah. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I don't wanna if I go if I buy if I spend ticket money, yeah, I don't really wanna hear him do it. Yeah. I want to hear kind of cute or Geraldine. Yeah, or the band or... wore blue shirts or something, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, that was speaking of Joe Jackson, who's just to, to another total game changer for me. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, um, beat crazy is beat cra- record. That's... <laughs> yeah, every dream home a nightmare. Yeah, um, yeah, he's One something else. Yeah, and yeah. he's evil. He's, eye. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, chock full of yeah. amazing shit. Yeah. And still, his new one that just came out is brilliant. You yeah. know. Um, the thing about Joe is he's one of those guys, we, we touched on this earlier with somebody else, I think before Guy got here, never had anybody in his band that was in any way subpar. Right, Every right. single person oh, yeah. that's ever played in the band is on fire yeah. the Steely whole time. Dan, I think we were kind of right, that's Steely true. Dan yeah, is the other another yeah, example of, of that yeah. where, you know, sometimes like a band gets somebody and you're like, well, okay. Right, you right. Know, Joe Jackson or Steely Dan or certain bands, Every you're like, where do you dig these people yeah, up? Like, yeah. I've seen uh, what today is the day. I'm oh my God! Times. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and I, Steve's a good a friend. And, oh know, really? Like, awesome. Yeah. I've never. I've only met him. We played a show with him. Four Way Anal Touch Fight played a oh, show okay. with Today Is the Day. Yeah. And I talked to him briefly outside of the venue in Lowell. Yeah. Okay. And I, I've always wondered about this, and maybe you know if you're a bigger fan. I love him, but I'm not yeah. a huge, huge deep fan. That night, the kid that was playing drums yeah. said, "This is my first gig." Oh really? What and and Steve, he said, had chose him because he had a Today is the Day tattoo. Oh, yeah, Jeff. And yeah, he was shitting yeah. his pants. Yeah. And I've, <laughs> I've always wanted to find out what record he, specifically that kid played on. Right. Because he was, he, um, he was yeah. phenomenally... Uh, I think he plays on Kiss the Pit. He played on two records, I think. I was he just... Jeff Leppard tattooed on Yes, yes. And yeah. I was like... He was good. He was we good went guy. in... Uh, luckily, we that was a weird thing. It was like a Halloween festival. Okay. And it was on three floors of a building simultaneously. And luckily, we weren't playing yeah. when they were playing. Yeah, yeah. So I went right. down and got a beer and, and went over and to watch them. And yeah. the drummer was just yeah, he was, eating it alive. He was yeah. just wrecking the whole place. And I was yeah. like, you could could not... Well, like, in some ways, you could tell it was his first show. Right, in right. some ways, you were like, That's there's right. no way this is yeah. your first show. He's just... Yeah. I, I felt like even the band was like, what yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and he was awesome yeah. and i want yeah. to find out yeah jeff is yeah okay cool I that rules the one after that because yeah. i love the first one i think it's the first one is with supernova yeah yeah six dementia Seder. Yeah. wow it's interesting you know you talk about bands that have always had exemplary musicians join the band yeah or been involved yeah. right so somebody like steely dan you may like them you may not like them but you you you, you can't deny the, yeah. the talent that was right. there from day one to the end right right so, but the opposite works that way too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if either one of you guys are into Asia at all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the band that came up, right? Well, yeah. up to a point. So, right. When the so, guy with the top hat comes and everything, I'm out. But before that, well, it's just well, the King Crimson so, guys. So think about it. So the day one 
it's uh, it's what they would call a super group now. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. You've yeah. got yeah. Steve, Jesus Christ. You've got Steve, Steve Howe. Howe from Yes. You've got Carl Palmer, right, from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. You've got John Wynn, who's Wetton. been in King Ouch. Crimson and everybody else. Right. right? Oh, so, yeah. Amazing. So, right? You've got, you got Jeff Downs, reference. who's from the Buggles and, and from Yes, who's come yeah. from that, right? And so, and then they, they take that band and they do a second album. They do Alpha, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and now it's the dawn of MTV. So all those videos are there too. Yeah. So they've got radio play. They've yeah. got videos. And they're... Incidentally, it, videos of them being played to people who only know them as Asia. Right. Yeah. So, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they don't know like... Right, but there's this weird crossover too. Yeah. They've got... You know, some progressive rock fans are like, look, this is a little lighter, fair, yeah. a little more simple, yeah. but I'm still interested because I like yeah. these guys. And then you've got people who have no attachment whatsoever and say, of... this is kind of heavy pop rock. This yeah. is interesting with some, you know, strange... It's what, like what... it's almost like uh, the first Asia record is almost kind of like um, permanent waves or moving pictures in that it's individual songs that aren't 27 right. minutes it, long it, it's, but it's distinctly progressive it's from that but it's taken a sea change into yeah. pop rock but yeah. it's still progressive right. like in its own so, weird yeah. so do yeah. either one of you guys Boy. know the third album omega or hydra the one with that, <laughs> oh, I know, that yeah, kooky I know. looking helmet right right yeah, so it's purple. It's Astra. Astra, right? Yeah, and the so girl's nope, got the helmet. See, and, I, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited Dean. that neither one of you guys knew the name of that record because I'm the only one who has it on vinyl. No, <laughs> yeah, you are. So, I have right, the first wait. one on CD. And on so vinyl. this is what happens. Yeah. So, Steve Howe leaves the band, and do you know, who, do you know who came through? Came yeah. In? Uh, this would be great if you did. Uh, it, it's not a test. I'm just saying. No, no, this of course is what not. Happens no, I'm not hundred. Like it's not. It's somebody awesome, though, right? No. I mean, it's not somebody awesome to me. No, no, no. I, awesome is the wrong word. It's right. somebody. It's somebody that's well known. It's somebody that's well known, but but not in the circles you'd think of. So I'll just I'll lighten. It's not the, like Holdsworth or something. I'll is lighten it? the mood. It's Mandy Meyer from Crocus. Oh, Christ! Oh, really? All right. So Screaming that's in the right. Night. So so on so on paper you say wait what? Right. And is what? he the one with the top hat? No. <laughs> Who is that? Remember that part? I do. I do. But <laughs> they look like jellyfish and shit. Right. I'm like, what is going so, on? Right so so when Mandy Meyer comes in and Steve Howe from Yes leaves, what they do is that they say, Well, if we're gonna have Mandy Meyer in the band, then we're gonna have no guitars at all. We'll just we'll just layer it with keyboards. <laughs> okay. So they don't even use Mandy Meyer. Yeah. Right? And Except so the whole thing crumbles and, and just right. right. Basically they were trying to make Emerson Lake and Powell. That they were trying to make that album, yeah. except that we, worked for me. We, Touch and Go record, was a great yeah. song, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and they were trying to make that, but it didn't work because yeah. they didn't use the tools. Right, yeah. and once once all of those you know exemplary musicians, no offense to Mandy Meyer, but no, they didn't even use not. them. Jesus. Yeah. And once they went off that, I was out. That was it. I was the last. They Asia just went down a road I wasn't into. That's at all, right. But for me, I bought the vinyl religiously. And the I first even, one I still think is amazing, and it's like a production It's an amazing record, the and the second is one is pretty good, too. And I yeah. bought the third one on Who vinyl, produced and the I first stopped. One? Oh, boy. Was it Hugh Padgham? No, I don't think so. That's a good question. Hmm. We could find out. Yeah, yeah easily that, enough, but... Yeah. We'll, we'll edit that in and post. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it's... Uh, no, it's not. I don't know who it is. Yeah. It sounds great, though. You know, it's got that... Um, I call it like Alan Parsons Project. Yeah, that kind of... Clean... Yeah. But there was so there was always that fine line between bands where amazing musicians like Steely Dan, but can they write a good song? You know, right? And sure. Was, and that was always sort of the divider for some people because most people aren't going to want to hear like the Islands album by King Crimson. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you play them 
dinosaur, like that later song, but, or or um, like Red. Even yeah, yeah. yeah like just like a, a, someone who's like into rock or, or whatever. Might yeah might, yeah might dig that, but they're not gonna wanna. They don't care. Yeah, it's the same with like. Um, I knew a guy who liked Yes, except yeah. if it was if it got too long. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like he was all about Starship Trooper. But anything longer than that, like he didn't want to hear close to the edge. Yeah. And, and for me, once I heard yes, I mean, even that first tape, that yes drama tape that I bought out of that dollar bin, Machine Messiah was 10 minutes. I yeah. said, it, songs can be 10 minutes long. Yeah. I couldn't I wait for the, it to be the longer. The thing for me I, with I, that is, is like, it, you have to hold my attention for 20 minutes or yeah. whatever the length is. Yeah. Don't don't put out a right, 20 minute a song challenge. to be a prog band. If you right. can do it, do it. But Gates of Delirium is one of my favorites. Amazing. Yeah, of course. Gee, uh, I, but still this many years later I, I give it a spin maybe once a year as uh, topographic oceans I still no it's fantastic I haven't been able to crack it I can't I haven't been able it's to it's hard it's yeah. um, I remember sitting down with um, the first time I ever bought Hemispheres yeah by Rush with Guy and I remember one of the distinctly one of the first things we were like how will we ever memorize these lyrics <laughs> it's too long how yeah, will yeah. we ever do it and we, we sat in, 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 in your uh, breakfast nook yeah and we listened to it it was he had a uh, his dad had a record player that was up on a shelf like six feet high yeah. right in, in, in the living that room that was the one the radio was on that's all the right time. Yeah. and so we had to put the album on we couldn't even see the yeah. labels right you had to put it on on top right yeah. and we put it on and i don't know how his parents ever tolerated it but we put it on full blast as loud as we could and then we go down into the breakfast nook a couple steps down yeah. and we just play right, right. Eight, 18 minutes and nine seconds right. hemisphere side one yeah and which is look, nuts and yeah. the two of us would sit at the breakfast nook table and we'd look at the lyrics and we, we're never going to memorize right. this well like close There's to the no edge no way right 21 minutes or right. whatever 18 so, and a half minutes so long. going back to asia can i hit you guys with this yeah, who is we're talking about producing you you want to you want to hear some records here all right so here we go uh, Frontiers by Journey. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Yeah, um, that's a cool record too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Escape by Journey. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, News of the World by Queen. Oh yeah, right. Really? Uh, Day of the Races and Night at the Opera by Queen. Right. Yeah. All the Queen records. Queen Two, Queen, and Nursery Crime by Genesis. Really. All produced by the same guy, Mike Stone. Huh. Really? That's crazy. I can see a copy of Nursery Crime from here. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I did not huh. know I did not know that That's guy... my favorite, incidentally. So yes. so so here's a yeah. uh, right, here's a news flash. The guy who produced Nursery Crime produced the first Asia album. I it did makes not sense know that. Yeah. And I should know that as a <laughs> hardcore Genesis yeah. fan. That's yeah. my uh, you know what's funny is that's my favorite Genesis record. Yeah. I go yeah. back and forth between that and uh Trick of the Tail. Trick of the Tail is which is a monster, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I separate. I, I have to have two it. two favorites, you know, the Phil years and the and the and the P. Yeah, if I, if I was going to do that, I would just call it those two, probably. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'd go, I'd go Lamb. Everybody I, does, though. I have so many like, pl I, I buy music all the time, but I also sure. have a subscription to Spotify, because I, and I have tons of playlists and folders on there, but I have to have, I have a playlist that's Genesis PG, Genesis. Oh PC, yeah, yeah, that's right. Sabbath, but I will say. Sabbath, I, yeah, Ozzy. Dio Sabbath is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, which yeah. I think is a minority thing for me. Do yeah. you yeah. think it is? Um, and and when I say that, I want to make it extremely clear that I'm absolutely yeah. an Aussie fanatic. I love I, Aussie. I, I think I'm I not, listen to Dio stuff more now. And I, yeah. I, I, all of a sudden, you know what it was? Is Dio um, Sabbath is like proggier. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. There's something different. It musically they changed yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, and Dio to me is. Yeah, I, I will say, yeah, greatest living 
uh, vocalist is yeah. now Halford because by virtue of oh, Dio yeah. passing, yeah, yeah. I think. And, yeah, and yeah. Dio was the best ever, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they did the four. I guess if you think about, it, they did four records with him because they did Dehumanizer and then the, Dehumanizer is uh, underrated. Yeah. I think it's a good record. Yeah, and then the Heaven and Hell. Heaven and Hell. Called, when they call themselves Heaven and Hell. That the that the show from Radio City, the live one, is absolutely yeah. off the chain. I can't yeah. even believe how amazing Ronnie sounds. Yeah, my, I, I saw them in Lowell on that tour. No. That was <laughs> <a different time. laughs> That's incredible. I saw and them I, in Lowell. Yeah, and, um, right. and that was one of those I had never I. Had, I see Sabbath. I ended up seeing Sabbath years later with Ozzy. Did you go to the last one? The I end? didn't. No, me no. either. I yeah. was bummed out about yeah. Bill Ward, and I called it a day. Yeah. I have yeah. nothing against uh, what's his name there that played. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the guy from Rob Zombie. Oh yeah, Rob. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I wish I I can't remember yeah. his name, but, but that he's a great one? drummer. But yeah, if I'm gonna pay that much money to see Black Sabbath on the way out, yeah. it better be. Yeah. The lower Bill one Ward. was one of those where. Same where at the Memorial Auditorium? Oh, Songus. The Songus, yeah. Yeah. And that was in my era where I was like, I'm going to start and I'm going to go up front. And I was like, just being that close to Geezer Butler, I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking God. And then just Dio, his voice. His is voice just, is like a sledgehammer. Yeah. And, and like, um, this fucking many right, years he, later. And he's, and he's four still, foot ten. Yeah. And he yeah. comes and walking out like, like, yeah, this it's like, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody interviewed on like that metal show. Remember that with oh, Eddie yeah, Trunk? That, yeah, yeah. Once I kind of a love-hate with that guy yeah me too like yeah. you know I'm, I'm into that he's promoting this music that I like and everything but Sometimes he's kind of a tool but so yeah. am I yeah um, <laughs> seriously but uh, somebody one of the guests on there I think it was that wrestler who's that wrestler that had the metal oh, band oh yeah Fozzie yeah, yeah Chris, Chris Jericho? Jericho yeah yeah he said that I think it was him. Um, I don't want to misquote him. Jesus, he'll show up and put me in a figure four leg lock or some shit. But uh, I think he said the thing about Dio that's amazing is he looks like Carla from Cheers, but yeah, he has yeah. the voice of a god. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm just blown away by him every time I hear him. Oh, yeah. Dio just destroys me. Those Rainbow Records or yeah. off the Elf record even. Um, and that show, that one from Radio City, that Heaven and Hell show, is magical. Yeah. I can't even believe how awesome yeah. it is. My, my friend Arnie was in uh, my band Presley with me. Was at awesome. That. They traveled to that, but really, yeah, yeah. I'm but sure that was yeah, just insane. Um, when you think of that record coming out though, like that Dio record, because oh yeah, the first song is Neon Nights. It's Neon, just like, I know. It's, it's immediately it's, just like fuck you, just like right in your face. I remember it was crazy how that was going to be a big deal too, replacing Ozzy. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to be a small deal, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I kind of because I didn't know me either. No, at, at the time, time I, stuff, by the I, time it yeah, yeah I, I was into the, Aussie and then like I didn't really. And know. And just it's just crazy now looking back at it. Yeah. If you put that record on right now, put on Heaven and Hell, it would just yeah. blow you out of the room. Yeah, like you think about people that have been listening to Sabbath up to there. What do you they, think is better, uh, Heaven and Hell or Mob Rules? Um, hmm. <laughs> I know, that's a tough one. Yeah. I have to ask because, like, like we were saying before, there's only six people on the planet right. that get it. That's I have right. to find out yeah. while you're here. You've right? got to ask. Um, hmm. Even if you don't have a good you, answer. You know what yeah. my answer is? Yeah. Depends on the day. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, you, you, but you can tap. I think it's like you can tap out that way. Two children. That's you know, right. Like, which one is your favorite? What about what about Aussie Sabbath? For me, the one has always been Diary is mine. Really? Oh, oh, Aussie Sabbath. Aussie level. Yeah. Sabbath Blaze. Me too. You're not. A, he's not a huge Sabbath I, I, guy. I, yeah. I like them, but much like the first Kiss album, the first Black Sabbath album, I'm like that. Yeah, well, and that's hard to argue with. I, yeah. I want to when I want to listen to it. I listen to and, that. And, and as Fenris said, you know, and the spooky album cover <laughs> to boot. Yeah, that yeah. album cover is brilliant. So, yeah. so, and I have a I have another touchstone with that record is that uh, in one of my many flea market and garage sale oh, yeah. uh, tours of uh, being interested in music. 
there was a guy who had a big box full of cassettes and at the time cassettes were kind of on their way out and but he had a lot of interesting stuff there was some uh some jazz stuff some fusion stuff which i re was really into yeah yeah. when i, I got into fusion. jazz i got into fusion first because mm. to me it was a natural extension from prog yeah. it's just like we're gonna take kind of scary like classical though yeah i was into it too but i was into like the fringes of it like what you'd expect me to be yeah. into yeah for me fusion was like we're gonna take prog and we're gonna take the vocalists out and we're gonna put soloists in yeah, yeah totally so, but so it, it made that birds of fire record that yeah Mahavishnu uh, Mahavishnu orchestra kazumi watanabe stuff like that yeah, even yeah. pat metheny and the ecm i've Tarjay got a bunch Lechtal of all stuff i got a bunch of billy cobham band stuff solo yeah. band stuff right That's insane <laughs> so 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 that all was a natural look you know extension of prog for me so i was looking at stuff like that so this guy had this big box of cassettes yeah. and he's and i said you know i don't know i i saw 10 things in there that i like something in 10 bucks and he said give me three bucks for the whole thing you can take the box guy because yeah. i had started picking Peace. stuff out so i took the whole box and one of the things that was in that box was black sabbath the first album yeah. but on an ampex cassette oh okay huh. And the Ampex cassettes back in the day had this weird the clamshell style. You're right. Oh, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. the it was more like a reel-to-reel. -reel. Yeah. yeah, like uh, those ones you get from other countries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, was, it was literally a piece of paper that was glued to yeah. a clamshell case. Right. And if you folded it over, you would bend the... Yeah. Right? So I ended up with that tape. Awesome. That do you still version. have it? I do. Yeah, yeah. I ended awesome. up with that tape. And I also... That record is monstrous. In, yeah. the, in that mix, I got another one of those weird uh, cassettes that had a... Uh, not more like a clamshell, but the but, slip case. Yeah, that slip case. Weird, the friction right? fit with a with a pink tape inside that had <laughs> oh, yeah, had yeah. no plastic. <laughs> yeah. It just had empty air yeah, yeah. Through, yeah, right. through where you could see yeah. the reels, and it was uh, it was uh, the first Led Zeppelin record. Oh jeez. Uh, so that and and so so those two. So here's the thing with music, right? The physical copy sometimes makes you attach to oh, yeah, it too yeah, yeah. so you get Number this one, weird uh, copy of black sabbath yeah a weird copy of led zeppelin yeah. one and those albums become special yeah, because you. of that weird right, physical yeah. copy I remember right? when rollins henry rollins was uh i forget where we saw him me and cricket i think went to see him and we he was doing a bit on um at the time was when el nino that yeah. storm yeah and he did a bit about how he was ripped he was mad that it was called el nino he's like that's spanish for the child he goes, I can't be, but the child is going to destroy Southern California. He goes, why don't they change the name of the storm to the first four Black Sabbath records? <laughs> he goes, can you, how awesome would that be on the news? The first four Black Sabbath records just took California off of the coast of the United That's States. Perfect. I was like, Henry Rollins strikes again. That's awesome. Right. Those yeah, records are amazing. A lot of people I know love, the one a lot of people go right for is volume four. Yeah, yeah. I Certainly. still, I, I still struggle with the last two Aussie ones. I oh, man, Never Say Die is so good. Never Swinging the Chain like, with yeah. Bill Ward doing the vocal yeah. is awesome. Technical Ecstasy, I, I, have, I have a hard time with it, too. But, but I still own Junior's five Aussie. different copies yeah, oh, yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, like I've got three vinyl <laughs> copies and a reissue, and it's in the box set. Yeah, so yeah. that's um, an interesting question. You just you just brought that up for me, Brian. What What's a, what's an album that you struggle with, but you have 19 copies of. I mean, you just mentioned one. Oh, yeah. Um, right? the, the most obvious one for sure is uh, November Coming Fire by Sam Hain, yeah. which I 
hated yeah. with a passion. Although throughout the skateboarding years, I wore the Sam Hain T-shirt. Yeah, that, that's one true. of the best album covers of all time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, graphic arts. Better, yeah, well, sure. you know what was funny about it was I legitimately hated the record. It wasn't that I just didn't get it. Yeah, I was angry about it when I would hear it, and I used to legitimately buy it on a tape put it in the tape player in my car and get to work and throw it away. That's right. <laughs> and over the course of decades, I did this. I'm not lying. I did it at least 15 or 20 times. Yeah. Bought the record and threw it away. I was right. so angry. And then uh, a friend of mine, Dave Monaghan, found a copy of the Sam Hain box set that I can see from here. Yeah. In a dumpster in New York, outside of the building he From lived another in. Another guy, like there was like another version of you. Right, right. Like, so and this? and uh, and he sent it to me in the mail. And he goes, do you, do yourself a favor, stop buying that record. Just that's right. He goes, he goes, listen to it, and then if you hate it, just put it back in the box and put it away for a year. Yeah. Right. Don't. And throw it away. and I want to yeah. say it was Dave. I wish he was here. Uh, if he was here, he'd be able to tell me exactly when it was. Yeah. Like three, four years ago, all of a sudden one night I decided to put it on and I got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about? And you I was like, oh yeah, what, um, you got to have. Is there a record you struggle with? You get to see five copies of you yeah. tried it for 15 years and you just you still mm. keep trying it yeah i'm trying to think yeah i'll have to i'll have to come back to that well i'll think I'll, about that yeah so for How me you, for you so for me the the one that i'm sure there's plenty of them but yeah. the one that comes to mind is uriah heap oh yeah Which so that one? that well the whole band in yeah, general yeah yeah, yeah. A absolutely the band in general yeah. and but but specifically i'd probably say the magician's birthday which is, oh, yeah. is one of their seminal 70s albums yeah, yeah. i got into them because uh, Roger Dean, wow. who did all the artwork yeah. for all the early Yes albums, yeah. uh, had done artwork for a couple of their yeah. records. And so, again, pre-internet, pre-magazine, yeah. yeah, yeah. you're looking through record bins. All you're going to do is recognize artwork. artwork and yeah. I, br both Brian and I were artists from as long as we can remember. Yeah, so, yeah. And Roger Dean for that. Yeah, so, yeah. so I could recognize his work. So yeah, I yeah. saw this Uriah Heap record, and it was in a dollar bin, and yeah. I said, I'll try it. And, you know, it was... And they had ten-minute-long songs, yeah, and right. they had five guys in the band, and right. big pictures we of keyboard stacks, and, yeah. and, and and I, I could see all the all the tenets of progressive rock, Genesis yeah. of Yes, of Rush. I'm like, well, this band's going to fit right in there. Yeah, yeah. And then I would listen to it, and I'd say, this really isn't very good. Right. It, it, it's almost more like this bluesy. You buy it, and then you'd make me I've listen tried, to it. They're one of those it, ones right. I've. It, I've I've tried. Man. They'd be this bluesy yeah. southern rock, but yeah. by by they, by way of the UK. They yeah. turned say, out to, okay. They turned out for me to be a band that has a massive catalog with a couple of records worth of stuff that yeah, I really yeah. like. Right. Yep. So so over the years, I would just I'd say, okay, well maybe that record wasn't the one. Yeah. So they had one that was before Magician's Birthday. Yeah. Um, and, and and I tried Demons and Wizards, yeah. and I said, okay, everybody did because they thought it was a Yes record. Yeah. yeah. I said it looks like a Yes record. It's got a great Roger Dean yeah. album cover. And it was the same thing. Right. And I said, okay. but And Brian can attest to this. I have, what, 15, 20 Uriah Heap albums? What I've is got, that? That's another bizarre I've part of the syndrome. I've got picture discs. I've got 12-inch <laughs> records. That's another bizarre. I've got remasters. Yeah. I've got the, the right? expanded Look, edition. That's another bizarre part of this syndrome is not only do you have to keep trying the record for decades, but every time you decide to try it, you have to buy it again. Right. Yeah. So so 30 years <laughs> well, why so is that? Thirty years into it, I'm still buying the remastered yeah, yeah. two-disc edition of yeah. Dude, I almost Demons bought and it Wizards like, yeah. at Newbury's. Magician's Birthday. I'm yeah. like, maybe this time, yeah. right? You, it's this right. this 
fatal of optimism. Course. Maybe this time it's going to sink in, and I'm right. going to get it, and I'm going to go. You know what, Sweet Lorraine really yeah. makes a difference to Some me. Some of mine are today. real. Um, but they've been rock. with me for so long that now it's almost a thing. You yeah, know, yeah. some I, of them are cardinal rock sins for me. Like it took me forever. I'm really embarrassed. It took me forever to get the Ramones. Yeah, I did that with the so the Stooges. Okay. Right. Five years ago. You know why I didn't like the Ramones? Because yeah. they weren't the Stooges. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't dirt. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, it was dirty and filthy and everything that's great about rock and roll. Yeah. But it wasn't. I wasn't scared of them. Yeah. This you know. Yeah. And uh, what did it for me? Would bizarrely enough, what did the Ramones for me was not the Ramones. It was the Sonics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Stevenson from Witness and the yeah. Shods. Yeah. I went over his house one day. We used to go over there and just drink coffee, smoke weed, and listen to records all day. Yeah. And he's like, you got to hear this record. And he played me the Sonics record. And I went ape shit over it. And all of a sudden, I was in here listening to the Sonics record. And I was like, oh, my God, I love the Ramones, too. (laughs) There you go. So it finally clicked over. Yeah, but sometimes they never do. There's some I'm fighting with right now. But here's the weird thing. Why... The amount. Look at how much music I have in this room. Yeah. Much less what's available. Yeah. If I'm a fight with this record for decades. Why right. not let it go? Right. Yeah. It's almost like inside of me, there's something like, no, no, you, you gotta get it. And yeah, you know right. what? Sometimes it pays off. Like it does. That's how I got yeah. into um, Elvin Jones. Okay. Was because who's now, uh, I mean, godlike to me, yeah. one of the greatest drummers of all time, without question. Yeah. But as a kid, I didn't get it. Yeah. And but. There was something about it that I wanted to get it. Right. And I don't know, I feel like sometimes with music, putting in the, it's almost like putting in work, putting in work yeah. is to get it is like, and sometimes you never do, but sometimes you feel like, I don't know what this is and I hate it right now, yeah. but I know that it's it's in there, yeah. you know? There's what, certain ones too that I never, just kind of were off my radar completely. And, and one I discovered even just in the last year was The Saints. I heard them okay, the first yep. three records, and I was like, "How did I not know about this fucking band is amazing?" It, you know, who I just found out last year was Crowbar, we, right? And, and, oh, yeah. and people yeah. are like, "How did you miss Crowbar?" Yeah. And, and I'm I like, think, "I don't know. I yeah, just yeah, found yeah. out." Right. And yeah. I think when you're open to the fact that that moment can happen yeah. anytime, Still, yeah. then 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 yeah, well, then great. it becomes yeah. much more exciting. It keeps because. me going seriously with new stuff. Right. Yeah. When I buy a record that just came out last week by some kid that's half my age, right? Yeah. And I want to throw my wife out the window and light my house on fire because I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what it sounds like cheesy, but in music, it's like that is always legitimately right around the corner. Yeah. It's there. The, I mean, there's no question it, that it's it, there. It's right. just, a, I got to find that, there's a, that there's thing, a, you know? There's a tec- technical maxim that says you got to put in 10,000 hours yeah. before you finally arrive at yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. For it's me, like when in I, comic books, it's right. you got 10,000 bad pages in you, right. then That's you right. start to draw past Then you finally start yeah. to draw. Yeah. So for me, when I was learning how to come out of, when I was recording as a musician, to get out of cassette recording and go into GarageBand, yeah. I, I put in five years yeah. of GarageBand before I finally really right. felt like I was ready to yeah, yeah. start recording that way. Yeah, yeah and, and I'm and still it, like it's really even worked. way primitive right. more than that. My shit is like, I took that laptop literally out of a recycling dumpster and yeah. like I'm in like tape culture land still, but <laughs> barely. He, you know? he is because that, that's only got one gigabyte of RAM. Yeah, yeah it's if terrible. If you know what that means, you know. Guys, what way means. ahead of me on that curve. Like well, the yeah. mute, but but the, I'm I'm yeah. saying that it's like that with bands too. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm still trying to put in my ten thousand hours with Uriah Heap. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, dude. Like, you know what? One of maybe, these days, it's either going to work. But here's the thing, right? I always do this. I always do this. It's a skateboarding analogy. Yeah. Um. So I was hardcore skateboarding for 
until I couldn't anymore. If I got hurt bad enough that I couldn't. And there's a thing in skateboarding about not letting a spot beat you. You, right. you, you get hurt really bad at this spot, at this curb. Right. You have to go back and do it eventually. Yeah. And music is somehow is like that, where right. this record beat me today, but I'm yeah. going back to that's it. Right, yeah. But I have to respect the record to, to a degree of there's something in here that's evading me and I'm going to come back to it as opposed to, now this one's in the, yeah. gone and, and over and, it. And then discovering these, like, like the saints or stuff, and then being able to, like, wow, I have this whole new, it's almost like when we were kids, oh, we yeah. discovered Rush. And then going backwards and worst. seeing all that other stuff. The worst is when you discover one that has a great back catalog because yeah. it starts to put a hurt on your yeah. bank card. <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, I got to buy these four, yeah. right? Nine. Oh, yeah. I, I just yeah. did it recently with a jazz with Ornette Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never knew, didn't. People are like, You're into like all this really far out jazz and weird Eric Dolphy and like, you know, free stuff. Right. What about Ornette? How do you not right? know about Ornette? And I'm like, I know who he is. I just never, like, yeah. he's got a plastic saxophone. You need to know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. And then. When you open that door and yeah. go, oh my God! Dolphy's great. Out to lunch. Uh, out to lunch is. I just played it for him. He never yeah. heard it before. I played it like a month ago, and yes. he's like, "How do I not know this?" Yeah. Hat and beard, right? What? Yeah. Right. Out to lunch. What? Yeah. Even now, I, I go, "What is going yeah. on?" I mean, I've known about the album it. for decades, but yeah. it, it just um, I was too one that came late to me like right, that, yeah. which is, I love it when something really, really, really old comes to you that way. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like it was maybe five, six years ago I had a thing all of a sudden I had this bizarre epiphany with the with the airplane. Mm-hmm. Out of no why though. Yeah. The airplane, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden I'm like well, how did I miss this? Yeah. And and uh, our friend Mike Wheeler uh, has been trying that's the other thing is you try this stuff on yeah. your friends. You're like, <laughs> yeah. how about today? Oh, that's you know? for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, He's no. been trying with me with Bob Dylan and the Beach Boys for yeah. a really long time, and it's just not. He's a huge advocate of working. Boys. And then at one point, I did latch onto a Beach Boys record. I had a thing with it for a while with Pet Sounds, oh, yeah. and he was really angry because I got the Beach Boys, but it was shouldn't have been Pet Sounds. It should have been whatever. Surf's up. Right. I well, don't know what it was, yeah, but he yeah. was like, "No, everybody likes yeah, that yeah. one, you idiot." Yeah. And I was like, right. "No, no." Well, um, the unreleased smile sessions. Uh, I've, ne- I've never heard a Beach yeah. Boys album or a Dylan album. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And and again, I'm good friends with yeah. Mike Wheeler as Brian is, and so yeah. Yeah. Now, he's been Dylan... trying with me. Now there are some small inroads that have happened. Yeah. And and certainly, uh, Mike is a persistent friend and, and a persistent fan. Yeah. So yeah. he's able to, to. And and it should be pointed out that he. He, uh, I don't know how to put this without sounding like a douchebag. He he gets it. Yeah. It's right. not just like so, he's a fan. You know right. what I mean? You know if this guy gets it, there's a deeper thing going yeah, yeah. on. So from he, his perspective, right. he'll say, So you want well, to pay attention. Here's, yeah, a, here's a solo album by this particular guy from the Beach Boys right. that came out in the late 70s, early 80s. Maybe this will be your way in. Right. Check this out. And yeah. I'll yeah. go, there's eight songs out of this that are awesome. He's like, yeah. what well, he's the he's right. the back <laughs> to where we were. He's the head. That's yeah. right. So you know, he, he can lead me in. He's like, look, you're going to... You're gonna you're gonna chafe at at, at, at little Deuce Coop. Yeah, yeah. I understand <laughs> the that. Beatles. Too. He's a Beatles nut. Right. And he, I'm like, he's ah. like, don't worry about yeah. that. I'll find a way. He yeah. made me a Beatles mix probably ten years ago now, and I'd never. Do, do either one of you guys know the song Glass Onion? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah I did. I'd never heard the song. Didn't yeah. know about it. Yeah. Didn't know any Beatles. Of course, album I at say all. like a pretentious right. asshole. Right. And yeah, and, course, and, yeah. and and he put that song along with a lot of others that I like on a mix, and he said this mix is going to be what I think you'd like based on what I know about your taste. Yeah. And that song immediately showed up on oh, my yeah. radar and went, whoa, that's, yeah, yeah. oh, what a great song. Yeah, Doesn't matter who did it. I don't yeah, care yeah. if the Beatles did it right. or if Rush did it. Yeah. It was a great song. Yeah. That's that's a testament to the kind of, 
Well, I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter whether I like the Beatles or yeah. not, or the Beach Boys or not. You're you're so interested in music. You're like, I want my friends and anybody that I know to it, get it. I want you to hear the best it, things. Yeah. Yeah, the people you so respect. it's weird. Glass like, Onion may be one of those songs that's one of those best songs. Right. And even if you don't like anything else by the Beatles, at least you'll have one of their best yeah, of songs course. under your belt. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I appreciate right. his. It's sometimes his, it's like um, his tenacity for that. The right? other and thing, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I you and I, Brian, you and I've been have forcing shit down each other's neck. Right, like, we've gone we've overboard. Had, we've literally. Yeah. it sounds funny, but no, it's it's literally literal. been down here, drunk, like drinking two bottles of whiskey. We've been down here eight nine hours doing this. As you can right. see, this could go on forever. Yeah. We, we've had we've had and literally fights. almost come to right. blows over like a Joy Division record where he's like. This is primitive. What are you in? Right. Are you a caveman? And I'm like, get out of my house, bitch. This is for children. This yeah, and right. and uh, it it it's. Yeah. I don't know. What is that? Yeah, well, it's the it's the whole purpose of your thing. Yeah, it's yeah. the passion. It's yeah, yeah. it's in you. It's like no, dude. Yeah. I can't. No man's left behind, and you're gonna <laughs> like this fucking record, bro. Yeah. And for decades, Joy yeah. Division and 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 by extension, New Order did nothing yeah, yeah. for me. And then those Peel sessions, which right? are almost always, yeah. The New Order Peel Sessions. New Order Peel Sessions. Where they just decided that, you know, we got to go in and play this live for John Peel. So instead of playing New Order songs, we'll just play New Order versions of reggae songs. It was fantastic. And and it's so cold and clammy and Barney is so uncomfortable. I finally got it. It pulled a lot of things that I was into in. And I said, oh, this is great. I get the band now. I I understand exactly what was going on. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. And it brought me to Joy Division, too. I'm like, oh, now I can appreciate a lot of that. Where I I, I chafed against it for years, decades. Decades I I was resistant to it because I I just thought it was um, uh, music performed by non-musicians yeah, yeah. and and which that, which in some cases is what makes it right, awesome right right and, but <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but i discounted it summarily yeah, because yeah. of that yeah. and that was wrong yeah. but i didn't know that then yeah. you know for yeah, decades well, i said well it's the epiphany be, right. is amazing it's amazing it, yeah. it is a great moment to have it happen and again and go, it's, oh again oh, that's it's like it's fantastic it feels great i equate it very much to like i said to like landing a skateboard trick that put you in the hospital three times or right from or you know, for for a more uh, mainstream thing, it's about k- getting that touchdown or that yeah. right. working really hard for, at something and then getting. And the yeah. thing about music is that when that epiphany comes, it's because you get it, and it's because it's like I feel like I learned yeah. something, and, it, yeah. and it's or I grew. In it's some it's way. wholly positive too. I, I mean, I didn't say, look, I spent the last twenty years chafing against Joy Division, and now I feel rotten right. because I get it no, now. No. And what a jerk I am! I'm like, well, I'm so glad I get it today. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Thank you for persisting yeah. in pushing. This it's important that you yeah, said it's, uh, it's that fine. another one that that I battled him for. I mean, we've actually had. Um, legitimate physical legitimate. confrontations <laughs> during four anal touch fight shows where we've been fighting backstage about a record and yeah. then on stage he like throws me through a drum kit right. or whatever the fight right. continues over over stage, uh, yeah. specifically i remember having physical confrontations over neil young yeah. that's right where he wasn't having it, it. i'm like yeah. you don't understand why this is one of the best things no, ever and you're yeah. gonna listen yeah, to down sure. by the river 14 times yeah. right now Right, this uh, horrible you, you, music Neil Young, are you in? Yeah, yeah. Joe Walsh. Yeah, 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 of course. Was another one where I'm like, yeah. Joe Walsh, he's like, no, look at this guy. And I'm like, no, you've got to hear this solo. Listen yeah. to this James Gang bootleg, you know? <laughs> That's right. So, go on. so speaking of that, for uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking before this, and I was going to kind of get into this at the end about what we're going to do, hopefully, in the future of this podcast sure. with you guys. But uh, let's go back to, uh, you guys have a... a 
four-way anal touch fight yeah, yeah so that's let's talk about that how that awesome yeah i'd love to that's amazing also i should point out it's crazy it should have been at the beginning right maybe well, of this but thank you so yeah. much for having us on dude <laughs> well that, yeah, this is well, the best thing ever yeah, right yeah. now well I, yeah i was thinking we could because i have more batteries for this thing it's gonna go on all night um four anal touch fight yeah it was uh i don't know you should talk about it it's your thing really it's guys band kind of well, he's the fogarty of yeah. four-way anal touch i mean it's fight. our I'm band, band it, the, the, it doesn't happen without both of us yeah the uh the initial impetus came as a um a lost in translation joke mm-hmm. um i sir- came to a we had a band called um the history of luminous motion that's band, right which is named after a book by uh a writer named scott bradfield that i think everybody should read it's an yeah. amazing book but it's anyway true. um and we used to practice on thursday and one day i came in to practice and there's a flyer on the wall for a show by a band called Four Way Anal Touch Fight. And I said, what is this flyer? By the drum kit, you know? And right. I said, what is this flyer? And Guy says, yeah, it's this band. It's like this deep, deep underground thing. And it's this weird band. And I said, awesome. So for a couple of weeks of practice, I was like, where's this tape at? And he's right. like, no, I, you know, you can't even get that tape, dude. It's way underground, but you're going to want to know about it. So eventually, uh, it was like revealed that there was no band, there was no anything. It was just this flyer, right. and all it was—it was a skull, and instead of crossbones, it was four fingers pointing, okay. and it said four anal touch fight, and that was it. And so he somehow—I don't even know how at this point—he came up with the name, but he yeah. came up with that, and per, and it was a uh, gag. Yeah. Okay. So, so for weeks, I thought. That was an I can't wait to hear this band. I'm going to make some Eisters and New Button shit, like right, hardcore. Right, right. And then when it came revealed that it was a gag, right. um, then somehow the legend, if you will, or the myth or whatever it was of, we created or he created the band right. for a long time before there was any music involved. We there just, was no music. He just, I think we came to it was from Denmark because... It was the only country we could think of where nobody would know that we couldn't do the accent accurately. That's right. Nobody yeah. knows what a Danish person is. So, so we try to be German. Right. It's not going to be. Yeah. Right. Everybody, yeah, knew, everybody knew what German was. Right. And then eventually, uh, so I decided to uh, do the hoax on I think Jonah and Dave. And you guys got to hear this fucking band. You yeah. know, four anal touch fight. And they're from Denmark. And every. And I actually, at that time, was trying to do a band. Or not trying to do a band, but we were playing a lot with uh, Dave Monaghan and Charlie Corey, who's in Raw Radar War, yeah, yeah. in Dave's basement. Yeah. And so as part of the gag, we created one song. Yeah. And I brought the tape to band with those guys and said, here's that band from Denmark. Yeah. And we, for a while, it was just about fooling people. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then, um, strangely enough, that show I was just talking about with Today is the Day, um, was organized by Ron Lassard from RRR Records. His wife, uh, Maria, organized this giant show on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Three floors of like an abandoned building, all yeah. going at the same time. Yeah. Turn it off. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she said, "Do you guys want to? Do you want to play?" And I said, "Yeah." And at the time, I was doing. We were doing a lot of like noise music. Right. Did and you have like pictures or, or was it? No, we had nothing like, at yeah. that time. Nope. And then um, I said, "Hey, let's put together some noise thing for this um, this show." Yeah. And guy said, "Do you think we should play a four anal touch fight show?" And I right. said, "I don't know. What do they do? We right. have no idea. All it's one right. song on a tape." Yeah. So uh, we decided to do it, and the next thing I knew, Dave Monaghan was like bringing a van full of people from New York who had. 
So this tape had circulated, yeah. and there was a, like a lot of people that thought it was a band from Denmark. Right. And they came to Lowell on Halloween to see this band, and right. uh, so we kind of had to do it. Yeah, that so was we Halloween did it. night, 1999. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember but but it had been going on since like 1995. Yeah, yeah. And it, then we did it. Right. And it was really really surreal and bizarre because it was put together pretty last minute. Yeah. Just thrown together to yeah. do it. And like people I didn't know was were coming up to me after the show asking me to like sign shit. Right. And I was like they're asking me like, "Hey, I got this cassette. Is the can you can you validate that this is really one of your tapes and not a bootleg?" And I <laughs> I, I was like Wow, this is crazy like and so it was absolutely a joke that went right. it just worked somehow yeah. yeah and did you have those outfits right away like did you those so, were so guys that, mom's choir robes okay yeah but the, the the night that we played in 1999 that mm -hmm. very first gig there was no aesthetic yeah so it was just yeah we didn't know like we didn't have an image of what nope. the band was so right. we just did whatever came so, up right so then. that yeah. night that night that very that very night, Halloween night, I went to a Halloween store, yeah. and I bought <laughs> I bought some children's costumes. Yeah. That's all I could find. Yeah. That were um, He-Man, Skeletor <laughs> costumes with the skeleton masks, yeah, the mask, yeah. and and they had capes and robes, right. right? And so I brought them to uh, to my house, and Brian and I were together, and we said, "Are right, we going to put an amp together? And we're going to tape." And I had made a tape. And I'd removed all the backing vocals. Yeah. Because so it was said, a four track, so we just took the vocals. Yeah, off. I took the vocals right. off and yeah. I said, Okay, we're gonna play to this tape because we, we, we can't we can't do the music together. Right. So we're gonna play to this tape. That became a thing that went on yeah. eventually. But initially we're like, All right, we we've been pressed into service almost, so yeah. tonight we've gotta mm -hmm. do a show. So I'm, here's these He Man skeletor masks. <laughs> what are we gonna do to change them? And Brian and I were like, Well, okay, the first thing we need to do is let's paint them. All right, so we took the masks apart and we painted them with a Danish flag. Yeah. And we said, well, that's it. There we go. So we put a Danish flag on the masks and then we said, we'll wear those and we'll wear the capes. And I've taken all the vocals off of these tapes so we'll be able to play the tape. Yeah. Here's an amplifier. And and I think I've we got had a some tape drums deck. live. And then we said, drums. well, let's take some floor toms because we're both drummers. Yeah. Let's take some floor toms and we'll do some drumming along with it and we'll have those out in front. Yeah. And then we'll just kind of sing along. And, I, and, and we both looked at each other and went, we don't even know these songs. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't even know. And we then, only, uh, we only yeah. did these as a gag. Yeah, so yeah. I printed out the lyrics, and I said, okay, we'll have a music stand, yeah. and we'll put the lyrics in front so, so we, we can literally, read, literally read the lyrics, lyrics to with the masks yeah. on our faces. Yeah. So we got to the gig, and five seconds before we went on, I said, let's take our shirts off. <laughs> let's go right down to just skivvies and the masks. Because at the time, I was a lot heavier, too, and a fat guy with no shirt is an right. instant draw. So we said, you let's know, take our shirts off, let's attention. just go down to underwear, mask, and robe, and then we'll have the floor toms in front, and we'll read the songs, and we'll play to the and, tape. And what was really crazy about it was, so we're doing these songs that we've only done one, one time, time ever to make right. a tape that isn't a real tape. It's not even right. a real tape. And we're on stage doing it with lights, That's and right. there are people in the front that we don't know singing the songs Singing the songs us. back to us and wanting and us like, to sign stuff after. We're like, they know the song. That's bizarre. And, right. um, it, it had become its own thing yeah. outside of us and outside of our influence. Yeah, and then it just, after that, too, we were really, really lucky and, and blessed or whatever, you know, fortunate that... A lot of our friends, like Jonah, liked it, yeah. and just Jonah would say, "Hey, do you guys want to play with, uh, you know, fucking Watchmaker?" Well, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think everybody. Black helicopter, and, and also to be fair, what was awesome was in the noise scene, which is where it started with Ron right. and RRR and all that. Nobody got it. The yeah. noise people hated us. They yeah. they didn't want us to play. They were like throwing things. The metal scene 
embraced us. It was very yeah. strange. Yeah, which nice. is bizarre. The metal yeah. guys loved it. And yeah. um, I think a lot of what happened was people wanted to see if we could do it again. Right. And yeah. they said, there's going to be these two guys are going to wear masks. And we weren't it's, sure it's, if we it's, could. It's pseudo-Danish, and it's really silly, yeah. and half the songs don't even happen, because if, if either one of us got lost with the lyrics, we would just tackle each other. Right. Yeah, yeah, it became the fight part. Well, the other thing that was weird about it was behind the scenes, because we're so... Uh, nerdy or whatever it is, you know, that we developed this massive mythology of this band yeah, to yeah. the point of even though it comes across as very silly, yeah. there's a lot behind what um, I don't know how to put it. I'm not trying to make it sound sound lame, but the the basic uh, chemistry of it was the idea that these guys were from Denmark, which is so far removed from. <laughs> you know, uh, Western civilization, if yeah. you will, they, from they the, from the United States or whatever. They don't that, know Casey Kasem. All they, they don't know American Top right. Forty, which of course they is ridiculous be a, right. because this they do. Right. Those people right. know that shit. Right. I mean, I'm, I love King Diamond, right? right. But, but this particular Danish band didn't know from that. So they all they know is you're American, American and you're British rock and roll, yeah. right? And they don't speak English, but they want to rock. Yeah. And they bring it the That's best right. way they can. And yeah. that, people say, well, the name, is it like a gay thing? Is it? Right. No, the idea is that there are two of us and we have four fists and we're, we're fighting you for the love of rock and roll. Right. It's a fight, but not a fight of anger. It's a fight of love. I love right. you so much I want to kick your ass yeah. into understanding why rock is the thing. It was this <laughs> right. big blown up yeah, yeah. thing. It was a lost in translation joke right. from day one and, yeah, that just went for much Yeah, it further. got to be this big thing. And yeah. then we played a show at um, the Middle East, I think upstairs with Coke Dealer. Yeah. And Cobra Man? Yep. Right? And what? That's right. Did Jonah play? What? Milligram? It might have been a Milligram show. Yeah. yeah. And, that sounds right. Uh, and this guy who was like from what Harvard, yeah, came up to the merch table and wanted to discuss the lyrics. And we were like, okay. And uh, and he was like, well, do you guys like know the band directly? Can I talk to the band? And guy is like, yeah, we're the band. And he's <laughs> like, well, you don't sound like you're from Denmark. And guy goes, well, we're not Danish, but the band is. <laughs> And the guy said, wait a minute, are you serious? And we said, yeah, we're not Danish, man. It's a, it's a, it's a gag, you know? Right. You want a T-shirt? And he said, he became even more fascinated. He was like, listen, I'm a linguistics professor at Harvard. And I said, oh, that's awesome. And he said, nobody that doesn't understand Danish and English wrote this. And I said, I assure you, man, I don't know a word of Danish. Right. Not yeah. a word. Yeah. No. And he Neither, said, no, listen, and I remember him distinctly going, look, at there's a dangling participle at the end of this sentence that is only put there in such... I'm like, no, dude, you don't understand. The reason it is what it is is because we don't know Danish. Right. And this guy was really angry with us that... that you were... Well, he had come all the way down in his uh, jacket with the elbow, you know, suede yeah, yeah. To, to, to discuss these lyrics, and it turned out it was a gag, and he was really upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. There was, there was a show that we played that... that some some women from Denmark were at the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just turned out that way. Yeah. They were, like, visiting, and they saw it in the Hippo or the that, Phoenix or something right. like right. Four Anal Touch Fright from Denmark. And, I think that was at MIT. Yeah, right, and, and so, right, when, whenever we would book, we, we never booked a gig, yeah. not one time. We've right. never, we still No, Jonah booked us a bunch of them. Jonah right? Jenkins, Jonah Jenkins very, very many times booked gigs for us or, yeah. or asked us to be on And the we had a right. thing initially where, because it was like, it sounds crazy, but it was part of the deal when Ron, um, RRR, 
Star Records put the label out, put yeah. the record out on his label, part of his deal was you guys are not allowed to play a show unless I can play. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So people would be like, hey, does Four Way want to play this thing? We'd be like, well, can Emil Bolio play? Right. And they'd be like, I don't know what that is. That was is. Ron's side project. And if time, you don't yeah. know what that is, it was just this really awesome repetitive noise he had this record player called the Minutoli with four arms yeah. and, four and by picking arms. four uh-huh. grooves yeah. on a record a random record yeah. he would build he would find four grooves on a record four spots in the groove on a record yeah. that would all work together in four different it songs was, it's like what they call a mashup now yeah, yeah. he would it's be doing a mashup of four oh. tracks on one record that would create well, a he would do looping it live. Yeah. and he could do it live it's and he could do incredible. it o- the same song over and over, over and which over. didn't make any sense right. how could he do it yeah. and I remember saying Ron how do you do that and he goes well I'm a professional right and yeah. uh, he was very but anyway so yeah. mostly if if people were like oh yeah this guy can play with his record player you know yeah. they didn't care but yeah. then later when we started playing with metal bands Ron got he wasn't into it. Yeah, he was like, "No, they're going to attack." And he was stuff. A- he was able to to tap out, and that yeah, was yeah. fine for us. But but yeah, we played with um, uh, Gil Mantera's Party Dream. Oh yeah, yeah. and and yeah. we had some amazing stuff. We played at CBGB's, which really? was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the high point of, which is insane because now that it's gone, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. I used to be able to right. use it as a thing with people that didn't know music, right? And go well. I was in a band that played at CBGBs, and they—that's at some point of reference for yeah, them to go. Oh, right. CBGBs. The Middle East is. But now I talk stores. to kids and stuff, right. and they're like, "What's that? Right. Is right. that a clothing store in New York?" Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, this particular Middle East gig, the, the, these women from Denmark came up and and, and questioned us about about whether yeah, we were from, from Denmark, yeah. and and again, I gave them my got my, ugly, yeah. my my patented oblique answer. Well, the band we're in is from Denmark. <laughs> but we are not Danish. Right. And, and they, they didn't know what to do with that, and they right. kind of went away. And then uh, a, a, an hour later into everybody else's gig, because we, we Logman played, and now we're watching everybody yeah. else's show, and the other bands are playing. Playing first rules. Yeah, they, yeah they, they, no they, pressure. They yeah. came back to our merchandise table and bought one of everything. <laughs> they bought T-shirts, albums, CDs. And uh, I, I had, I had these little fanzines that I'd created. I still have nothing. some. I'll give you some before you yeah. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Tid Script. We right, used to do yeah. a monthly magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So they, they bought everything. Yeah. And they just said well, we were just so fascinated about these boys from yeah. Denmark, and so it's interesting. And then they hated there. us. They were angry that we were posing as Danish. But right. then after but we played, they went back to like. That's it. right. They huh. liked it. They for some reason it, it really which it really was interesting connected. yeah the but metal the metal scene in particular which was something that we were just associated with because of our friendships um embraced it like like nothing else i've ever right. seen yeah it was crazy because i like because it made as no a sense head, it, it, well as a metalhead myself i totally get the idea of uh guar or right. you know i get yeah, it metal, metal heads are often considered very closed-minded but it's not true blah, blah. It's no, not true. Yeah. It's really not. There's yeah. a lot going on there. We found that out inherently yeah. by opening for bands like Watchmaker, yeah, which yeah. was which was a, an yeah. extremely heavy band. And I think also at the time, yeah, and, yeah, and, which and, was awesome. And those guys, I think we played with. We might have played with. Did we play with Black Helicopter? Yeah, yeah, yep, we did. And, yeah, and those and guys, all all of those bands, the Wet Nurse, right? Puny the Human, Low, right? Yeah, yeah, all of those bands met us as equals they yeah. said oh you're in a band even though and at I no point did we bring an instrument on stage we played right? with Rob it was Radar all backing War. tapes yeah, yeah. I mean it was everything it was everything that, that they weren't what right. was that show with Raw Radar War and Vorvados yeah those metal that's, dudes that's right, right. Um, and I think what it was that oh, was a Porter's, uh, Porter's one of the best bar. ever I forget what bar it was it was awesome it was the night we did the uh, Hellbent for Leather cover 
Uh, was that O'Brien's? Awesome. Yeah. With, um, I think that was and O'Brien's. we played with Village of Dead Rose. That was O'Brien's, and, yeah. That uh, was a great show. Nice. And I think, I think what it partially was was that immediately when these guys would meet us, we were... I, I was a deep, deep metalhead. Yeah. That's right. So they... I don't know. It was kind of... Like, I remember a guy coming up to us at the Milligram show. He'd be like, you're from Denmark, huh? And I was like, Denmark! And he goes, King Diamond? And I went, don't break the oath. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, they brought us, like, yeah. a case of beer. Yeah, you right. know, and I was like... Yeah. And they knew that... there, even oh, yeah. though the music, so they would, the music, the presentation, yeah. and everything that And they we would say, so your exactly band is like opposite. a joke, but you guys aren't a joke. Oh, you real, really right. love music. And yeah. I was like, oh, we're not taking the piss. Right. This it, is it was for meeting real. these yeah, bands yeah, yeah. before and after the gigs yeah. where they really developed a, okay, whatever it is you're doing... We're, we're getting a big kick out of yeah. it. And everybody, there was always a lightening of the mood. One that, the only one that ever went really completely sour to the point where, again, we didn't leave, we didn't stop playing, but I thought it was going to turn bad was we played with the Shods. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and the sick. crowd turned on us. That particular yeah. crowd, even uh, because though the band, because Kevin Stevenson Kevin's was a like one of my buddies, of yeah, and yeah. he was like, we, hey, listen, we got death. this yeah. record coming out. His, um, the record was called Tippy, and it was a Shod's record. It was yeah. brilliant. I think everybody should go get one right now. Yeah. Um, and and they, I thought he goes, listen, these guys, yeah. the Stoves a are going to play. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of them. The Stoves. Yeah. Um, they were fantastic. Fantastic. This punk band that was like, right. you felt like it was like the Bowery in 1970. They yeah. really Old did school. it, you know. But they were just they were half my age. Yeah. And the the crowd was all about the rock and roll. They were like a rock and roll crowd, and they didn't get it. And they, it got like ugly. So like even they were throwing Kevin, things right. and stuff. And and the worse they got, the more we were determined. Like we're not leaving. Yeah. Right. So so Kevin was a mate, and and he's been a big friend. Yeah. And and he wouldn't hear anything else except yeah. you guys are doing this gig. Yeah. And so we said, of course we are. We'd yeah. love to. We we and were it was honored. Really sold right? out. And, and it was sold out. So we're like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. So all of our friends are there, and yeah. all of their friends are there, and it's packed and it's sold out. Yeah. And so we're doing our thing, and it is not going over. And I think we made him let Ron play. Right. It, <laughs> it's not going over, and it's not going over at all. Yeah. They hate so, us. So. The, the 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 and the quieter we got, yeah, the more they didn't like yeah, it. Of so we kept trying to really back it down. So yeah. at the end of the show, our very last song, Brian and I decided. All right, I said, here, come here, come here with me. We brought the microphone down. We sat on the stage, so the entire solo show couldn't see us. Now, yeah. now they can't see us. And did acoustic and, and did an acoustic, acoustic version, guitar very version quietly, of the song. so no one at all yeah. but the first row could see us, which yeah. was really driving yeah, them bananas. Yeah. And was, so there was always this kind of. It was the first time I ever felt like personally. Not, not to be fair. I mean, I know it sounds ignorant or not ignorant, but it sounds lame. But usually, I'm at some show terrified. Uh, I'm always terrified at a yeah. show. Like, it's true. Five minutes, be touch five minutes before show. every yeah. show, he's. And then five minutes into the first thing, you've got Charlie and Jonah and all these guys, your friends. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, nothing bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. These it's guys fine. are going to look out for me right. in some way. At this show, all it was was these people we didn't know basically yeah. getting really angry about us not being the shots. You yeah, know? right. And um, that's a tough crowd. Like I, I the think rockabilly-ish. Yeah, the it is. Rock kind of crowd is tough. It was just, I, well. It's the only time I've they ever played for them. But having gone to see Kevin lots of yeah. times, you know, it's a different and thing. That's a crowd where it's it's a thing to them. Meaning, um, 
They're not interested in right. country or yeah. jazz. And they right. didn't or like your us. touch fight or your right. shit. They came they, to hear the rock. They didn't like us. They made it known they didn't like us. Yeah. And so we took it down and, and tried to be, again, passive aggressive right. and say, <laughs> we're going to get real quiet and real yeah. small. And yeah. we, we, we amused ourselves in the moment. Yeah. And, and again, Kevin... Outside at of the, the end thing, of it, Kevin it. was like, "I can't like, believe how awesome it that was." That was awesome, yeah. and I then think, the shots uh, blew the doors yeah, of off the show. Yeah, yeah and, and the then they the came show, out and did Scorpion Bowl. I mean, it was amazing, time. right? It, it was, was absolutely an incredible gig. Yeah. And, and I think the recordings D of that gig were tension. Do you know him? Yeah, the rapper. Yeah. I think yeah. he was supposed yeah. to play, and he decided for some reason not to. I don't he remember what the reason was. I think he tapped out. But Kevin had envisioned the whole thing as this idea where it wasn't about. A genre. genre. It was about his friends. Right. Oh, I want Detention to do he, a rap set. I want you guys to do your set. Kevin, Kevin had the, always gets it, you know. But they, his, the crowd, his, didn't get it. His right. idealism was intact, yeah. and, and 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 he did what, it, you know, when Jonah Jenkins would put Four Watt in, together with other bands like yeah. that didn't, and it would work. Kevin said, "I'm going to do the same yeah, thing," it but it, did, it didn't work with his right. fans. He, yeah. he underestimated the, his fans' allegiance yeah. to his thing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like the CB show being terrified, like terrified. Oh yeah. You know, for real, like going. Uh, we we played in the lounge, yeah. and and uh, I remember before the show, while while we were doing sound check and all that shit, going and asking the girl at the bar, "Hey, hey, can I go in the big room just to go into it?" Right. You know, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah." And there were some guys in there doing whatever. There was no show; it was right. empty. And I remember just going in that room, and it sounds probably cheesy to people, you know, especially people that maybe grew up going to shows there. Yeah. But I remember just going up there on that stage and going, fucking Talking Heads fucking played here, man. Like, And people are like, oh, four anal touch fight, and it's a joke. And I'm like, I get that little twinge of pride that I shouldn't get and go, right. well, bitch, I played at fucking CBGs. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. what what it ends up being in the end of the day, what's funny about the pride thing is it's all about whether or not anybody likes it to people but to me it's all about whether or not i like it yeah of course. and i did something that i wanted to do so it was a yeah, cool thing right and that show was scary as hell because i'm not a new yorker so i'm yeah. like oh these people will throw rocks that, at oh, us yeah. man and bottles or whatever and uh we played the show it was the only show where i ever uh, i physically blacked out he oh, did really? yeah so ian my friend ian it was his birthday yeah we played that's the day i met des cadena oh, he was okay. at this show which yeah. Even crazier, right? That's random. And uh, random, right? But you're like, Des Cadena's at the Four Wheel Touch Fight show, right? So uh, we're uh, we're playing, and Ian Ian knows these people because at the time he was on MTV, so yeah. he had all these people. Right. And 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 it was just an amazing time when somebody we knew, Ian, put us in a position that we never ever right. should have been yeah, in. Of course. Right. And for some <clears throat> reason, we were lucky enough to win. Right. And after the show, uh, I remember I, I said to Guy, like, are we going to get beat up? Like, did people hate it? You know, yeah. you can never tell from the stage. Right. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know. The sound guy gave me a tape back, and he said, hey, hey, ass fight. Good show. <laughs> right. And I said, yeah. I think we're okay. And I learned later from people in the staff at the club, is that, like, he doesn't like anything. Oh, really? So if he said so good We were show, really proud yeah. of ourselves oh, that nice. you're in, you know. Nice. That, yeah, that he, that he because... Yeah. I don't know. I felt like if the sound guy at CB's thought you were okay, then you were cool. you were definitely that's that you you'd made yeah. some inroads there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and and so now you guys are gonna put out a CD. Of we're doing re tapes, saying? I think. Yeah, right. Tapes. Yeah, we're not sure really what it's gonna happen. La last year, I made a commitment online that that 
we'd be remastering the old yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, the commitment's and, the worst. And, and, and now you're stuck with it. Right. Yep. And, and I, I wanted to keep to that. Yeah. And uh, it, life gets in the way. Yeah, of course. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But but all that stuff remains with me, and it's all in, in good shape. Yeah. Um, I've listened to it. I've sessioned it. It's it's all it's it's all fine. Yeah. And so I realized. Well, you know what? 2019. It's another year for the few people that care about it. Yeah. For some, yeah. it, 2019 becomes a nice equal year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 1999 is when it all really started. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so we got a 20-year so. anniversary yeah, yeah. in 2019. Yeah. So at any point during this year, and I'm starting to remaster the stuff now. I've got yeah. all the equipment, and I've certainly uh, have enough technical acumen right. to be able to do it all yeah, yeah. to get all the B-sides on right. Earth too. You yeah, know. Of Brian and I wrote plenty of songs that made us both laugh. Right, right. That never made the light of yeah, day. Yeah. That people should hear because yeah, it's just for fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so back then I probably would have been a lot. More, ironically, I would have been a lot more precious about it, right, even though right. it was funny. Yeah, but yeah. now, anything goes. Yeah, yeah, so everything will come yeah, out. So, definitely. so those are those are due. Yeah. And then, of course, is the inevitable talk about. You know whether whether there's any oh, way. I'm going to do something. Is this cool with you? We'll do it live on the air. So sure, Brian. What? Nobody's been allowed to see it. I'm going to show him the album cover, the live record. Yeah, go go right ahead. Because he get it. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we certainly want to put out other stuff too. Right, right. There there's been we we've, we've recorded almost every live show that we've yeah. ever done, nice. and some of them are in better shape than yeah, others. Yeah. Sure. Nice. Uh, but again, because I have so much studio. Um, he might get it. He might not. So we haven't told anybody because we want it to have the impact when we do it. Right. Yeah. This is going to be the the live record. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> of course I, yeah, of course I. That's amazing. So he's looking at something that looks like Exit Stage yeah, from Rush. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that goes Enter right back. Play, that, yeah. Right, that goes that goes right back <laughs> to Ground crazy. Zero for us. That's perfect. Yeah. And, and because I, I have a lot of a lot of studio miles under my belt now, yeah. that live stuff, some of which is really rough, yeah. can now be brought up and yeah. be listenable. Nice. So. So I love that too, and I bet yeah, I'm yeah. sure Christian does too. As a punk dude or a hardcore dude, yeah. sometimes right, the grosser the recording is, the better yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That's right. right. It's yeah. really raw, but you can still it's listenable. Yeah, yeah. Then you, you need to get yeah. again. A lot of bands get very precious about their stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Rush is one of those bands. Yeah. You know, they've been really, really. Yeah. There's nothing in the vault. There's we nothing in the lockers. We talked about how you know, bum, right. a bummer the uh, the reissues are with the yeah, changed with the art. Yeah. And everything's got 2112 on it. And he yeah, was right. lamenting about the Who does the same thing with Tommy. Yeah, there's like 40 live. Right. And I think personally, like, I'm not a giant Who guy, but I don't understand why Tommy gets all the. Yeah, Quadrophenia. Quadrophenia, right. right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's so I much. Have a Tommy tattoo on my hand. Yeah, right. right? Well, yeah. I mean. I don't know. Quadrophenia to me is so much yeah, yeah. fucking cooler. Oh, yeah. or, I relate to but, that. But more, yeah. I, I can see why. To yeah, I relate to it. And, and I can see bands from both perspectives, yeah. you know, as being in a band myself, yeah. you could say, look, I get very precious about this and I want to protect it. Yeah, my, yeah, and then I, I'm like, work. who yeah. cares? Right. I'm just going to put I think, it all uh, and yeah. everything in between. One thing I, I you get, said I get that, both sides. Yeah, yeah, one thing that you said that really made a difference, uh, made a difference, impacted me a few minutes ago, was you said something about staying positive. And uh, Christian and I were talking about that before you showed up. The idea that I don't like a band I don't hate it, and I'm not averse to trying to like yeah. it. You know, I, I'm never a hater, so to speak. Right. Like, I always want somebody to... Oh, but there's bands you hate. 
Yeah, yeah, of course, I'm sure there is. But but what I mean is, like, I want somebody to come up to me with something I don't like, right? And I don't want to go go fuck yourself. That's right, the worst. Right. I want them to show me why I'm yeah. missing. Let me out. tell you why. Yeah, those this kind is... of discussions, and, right? And and, and and like to sort of wind down this episode. How long has it been now? Nineteen years. Do we have to like cut this into no, pieces? No, no, or no. Ser- we could make it a series. Uh, whatever you want. Right. No, no. The, la- the last one I did was two and a half hours. So. Wow. Uh, but to sort of wind it down, yes, we kind of talked about before, and one of the things I've been thinking about with this podcast is, like you were just saying, how you made sort of an announcement you were going to reissue your stuff, and then that's right. You yeah. realize like, oh, I have life happens. Now we have to do it. Yeah. yeah. So with this podcast, when I started it, I said I'm going to put one out every Tuesday, and I did that for a while. Yeah, yeah. And then it just same kind of thing. Life happens. And life yeah. is the worst. Trying to get people scheduled has been sort of hard here and there, so. I've been, a st- I've been thinking of different ideas of, and one of them like, that we kind of talked about before this was getting together with you two and different ideas, like talk about Absolutely, albums, talk yeah. about pick bands, a specific so, album. So that's right, something sure. like we're we're gonna definitely do. I would love to do podcast. that. Um, one wait. of the things I, yeah. I want to say, and this is really funny, it's hard to say without being awkward about it, right? Is one of the things I love about this is that you. I consider you doing this podcast as for you. This is a creative endeavor. Yeah. It's like having a band or yeah, having definitely. a comic. Yeah. And I'm just honestly, I really, really mean this. It, it means so much to me that you asked us to do it because you're sharing that precious time you have to do your yeah. creative thing with us, and that means a lot to me. Yeah. Because uh, this is what keeps me literally yeah, keeps yeah. me going is right. this shit. Well, when, when I, I remember is, when I is, when I first started. I made a list of people I wanted to talk to. Right. That I still have on my phone. And now, do you still have a bucket list you haven't done I yet? Have, yeah, there's a, a bucket list of a few people. But I remember I messaged you, mm-hmm. and I remember you said something to the lines of, like, you know, nobody knows who I am. Like, why would they care? You know? But yeah, yeah. It was like, I want to talk to people that are, you know. And right, for, well, a, for a minute, I was, I was thinking, like, okay, I just want to kind of have musicians people know about. But then I'm like... I, What's the point of that when you can get people right. that are gonna? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, especially like can be and having listened like, to a bunch of your shows, you know, or podcasts or whatever they're called. I'm a computer illiterate, so um, uh, I, I feel this is really crazy to me. I feel like a celebrity, like we're in like some pretty <laughs> esteemed company with other people you've talked to, like oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. wow, you know, like the dude that talked to so and so wants to talk to me. That's cool. Yeah, no, yeah, um, I think it'll be. I, I, I think it's just as important to talk to. I well, you know, what's funny it is I've learned. Someone's a household. Well, like I said, people, I got started on everything that I'm involved in right now from a crappy AM radio station yeah. in Lowell. That's right. Yeah. And shit that nobody will ever care about in a million years right. could be the the spark that sets somebody off, and that's what has always got me when like some kid is like. Um, I like this band, and people are like that band's lame or whatever. Right. I'm like, no, no, that that is that dude's rush. Like yeah. that kid's yeah, fire inside. Right. One that I've taken a lot of heat for over the years, uh, for decades, was I was I loved Lincoln Park. Yeah, and you know, in our you're part of the scene. Right. If you if you like underground hardcore noise, you don't like Lincoln Park. And yeah. I'm like, there's something about it that I really like that right. I find genuine. And there's a lot of those. I've well, I've never been the guy who has when people go name your guilty pleasures. I'm like, I can tell you what they are, right. but I'm not guilty. I don't it. have any. Yeah, same here. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Don't yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I stopped yeah, at one right? point, but I love the right. Foo Fighters, right. a, a lot of their stuff. And yeah, well, I, mean, it's, I, I think all three of us could name a lot of it. Like yeah. for me, Duncan Sheik is certainly yeah. one of the ones that comes to the top of the yeah. mind. People think of a, a hit single, one hit. Although wonder. I would argue that he's been out of the public eye for so long, sure. people don't. 
don't even know what it is. But now, but, but he's a one hit wonder to yeah. most people. That one record with the the story, the concept record about the lighthouse and the right. ghost is insane. Yeah. Um, Whisper House, right? Yeah. Well, we Christian and I talked about that too about the the idea of the one hit wonder. We talked about the fix. Yeah. We talked yeah. about Big Country about these bands that people are like, was that that guy? That but then yeah. there's some that never come back. Like Richard Marks right. has never bit me. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, right. Richard Marks, right. but. Um, you know, dive into his catalog. I was talking about um, one not too long ago with uh, John Sandler about uh, Terrence Trent Darby. Yeah. Like, why why is Terrence Trent Darby not? I hate to use this analogy in right now because of what's going on with the documentary and everything, but why is he not fucking Michael Jackson? Right. Why is he not Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. And I don't mean those people. Right. Why is Terrence Trent Darby not? Uh, fucking yeah. R. Kelly. Right. Why? Yeah. This dude is probably because he's a horrible person. Maybe he is. I don't know. I'm just cursing. <laughs> I have that too. That's right. a weird See, thing. Now, the people that suck that maybe they're like right. politically against you, whatever or whatever, but you still like their record. That's yeah. always a weird for thing. For sure. You know? yeah. um, I mean, for me, Terrence Trent Darby was one of those things that, you know, my friends in high school teased me with. Right. You know, because remember, Brian, you and I went to different high schools for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, I never liked him, and I never made peace with that. Yeah, and okay. so he's well, always been yeah, one of those guys fine. that I've been like, oh, that's a guy I can just hate on, right? <laughs> sure, but, yeah, but, okay, but that, I'm okay with that. But yeah. that's my convenience, right? It, I could actually dig into his album. Well, that was just an example really of, of one of those things right, where right, right. something was a one-hit thing For sure. to somebody. Yeah. And I'm also surprised a lot by who people think is a one-hit wonder that right. isn't to me. Yeah. Right. And somebody recently asked me about why, if they thought the B-52s was a one-hit wonder. And right. I said, like a no. six-hit wonder. I said, what are you talking right. about? They've the got too many hits. Gigantic. And, they, and they're like, no, they, the Rock Lobster, right? And I'm like, what are you too many talking about? Yeah, Did right. you miss... Even if you don't like them, yeah. they've been around they for too long. Years later. Oh, I mean, they, they were, it's, they it's were like talking giant about the talking for, heads as right. one hit wonders. It's yeah. silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all uh, perspective. Like right now, my yep. the big thing is obviously at work. I can't get away from the um, what they call you know country now. Yeah, yeah. And by saying that, I don't mean to right. dis discredit it. I understand. It sounds like pop music with a guy drawling over it to me. It doesn't sound like country. Yeah, it's not right. country. Right. And also that country and western has become one thing now, and yeah. to me it's two different right. things. Right. But we got a guy at work, he loves, I don't even, I'm ignorant of what these people's, who they are, but right. they, they, these country people. Yeah. And I'm in a position going, well, let me let me show you this country record. Right, but he doesn't care. He wants right. to hear yeah. the guy that sang with People Lady Gaga on that right. on that right. film soundtrack. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, we're gonna we'll probably continue to talk <laughs> after some I did point, stop here. Yeah, no but, doubt. But we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're we're gonna hopefully have some cool episodes. And hopefully, I would think so. This we're was, this was great fun. Yeah, this I, is amazing. Again, yeah, thank you so yeah, much. This is brilliant. Had a blast.